Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick and today we are answering your YouTube questions. When I say we, I mean myself and my brother from the same mother, D. What is going on, everybody? How was your week? How was your week? My week was fantastic. How was your week? Uh, well, my week was great. But what about the last 30 minutes? Yeah, How was so, that? Yeah, so funny thing, and I, I should have it. Mm -hmm. I should have it in my hand right mm -hmm. now. So uh, just to tell you how, how the days went so mm -hmm. far, well, this evening, uh, went in, water leak in the bathroom, Roger Wakefield, if you're listening right now, mm -hmm. this is probably Ro Roger's. And he's like, just, water leak? Yeah, yep. right, the bat signal just went up, right? right? The Wakefield signal just went up right here. Yep. And uh, so I'm like, oh, we got a water leak coming out of the sink in the bathroom, and it's it's metal. And I grabbed it, and I'm just like, just kind of wiggling to see where the leak's coming from. It just broke off in my hand. Yep. And water. And then we couldn't get the water shut off the main line. So uh, it's, it's been one of those evenings. Yep, was, had to call maintenance guy up. Yeah, yeah had to get maintenance in here. It's been fun. All but, of that right in time for the stream. And we fantastic. are still live. Yep. What's your excuse? That's right. Why are you not live streaming right now? That's right. That's right. Probably because they're watching this one. <laughs> If you are watching this on the replay, I do want to let you know that we do have timestamps down in the description. So a lot of different questions get asked on this live stream. And some of those questions you might want to know the answers to, but you don't really even know that you know, that you want to know that or that you have that question. So because of that, um, I encourage you, if you are watching this on the replay, to either just sit back and listen to the stream because we talk about everything related to YouTube during these streams. Um, in addition to that, if you are limited on time, feel free to go down to the video description and find the specific questions that matter the most to you. And then you can just jump straight to those using the timestamps. Also, just as a reminder, um, this is also available on all of the uh, podcasting platforms as well. So if you do just want the audio version, then you can find it on all the podcasting platforms. You can also find it over on YouTube Music as well. So with all that stuff out of the way, I do wanna let you know today's stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for YouTube content creators. TubeBuddy will help you optimize your videos for discovery. TubeBuddy will help you test your thumbnails to make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for the audience that you're trying to reach i have effective thumbnails those are some good looking just, thumbnails those, are, those are good those are good effective. are you are you a hand model by I'll, chance i'll poke your eyes out with these yeah you I, 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 I think it. you might have attempted that you know maybe several times <laughs> but for a lifetime <laughs> right, i think so these are probably very effective yeah, thumbnails probably, at, one time. Yeah, at least in the eye socket somewhere yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. um they also help you do like bulk <laughs> updates to your content so like let's say for example you have uh just one blurb of text or let's say you have a link or something in your description that you need to change across your entire archive you can do things like that within TubeBuddy, but it, they've got an entire suite of tools that will help you with what it is that you're doing on YouTube and TubeBuddy should be a part of your toolkit. You can find it for yourself and try it so you can see you know, what it can do for you at TubeBuddy.com slash Nimmin. In addition to that, this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that we use to stream this every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And the reason that we use StreamYard is because it's easy. They make it easy to bring guests on. They make it easy to add graphics to the screen. They also hold the stream open in the cloud so let's say we're streaming right now and our power goes out or you have, a water or you have water and it, and shorts, it shorts everything, everything out, out right, right. Then in that particular case, what would typically happen is the stream would go down and then you would lose everybody that was hanging out in the stream. With StreamYard, they hold it open in the cloud, which gives you time to come back in on your phone while you're getting everything started back up again. And um, and you can keep the stream going without losing everybody that you've you know gained in that stream, which is a huge deal. So uh, you can try StreamYard for yourself and see all of the different features like adding graphics, adding background music, adding videos to your streams, things like that at StreamYard.
yard.com. And of course, I've got links to those and a bunch of other helpful tools and resources for you down in the description as well. I don't know if you know this, but I'm contractually obligated to not drink until you say today's show is brought to you by StreamYard. Yeah, yeah. I don't take a sip mm -hmm. until you until mention I, it. Until I mention that particular part. Yep. Yeah. Then you, get to, then you get to say it. Yeah. Yep. So all the all the other fun contractually obligated stuff, yeah. Like he's not allowed to like even say like certain words, right? You know, they're not allowed to come out of his mouth, and it was written in just because they don't like the way that he says it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. You know, not not really, but you know. Okay, so <laughs> I'll show you the contract. So let's go. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into the uh, questions today. But before we do, actually, a couple things. So. Uh, just in case you missed the stream that I did yesterday with Daryl Eves, just a heads up, YouTube is adding this functionality to our YouTube channels now where you can find a language setting. Not everybody has this yet. They're testing it on a bunch of channels and then you know this is gonna be rolling out to everybody in the future. But um, as a part of this, it allows you to load audio dubs into your YouTube videos, which then makes them accessible for more people around the world. So basically how it works is, let's say somebody is watching YouTube in Spanish. Then in that particular case, if your title and thumbnail are translated in Spanish, which you can do in that same area. In Espanol. And then your audio is also dubbed in that language, as soon as they click on the video, they're gonna get the audio in their native language as well, um, which is really cool. And Daryl actually made a tool where it sounds like you and everything. But you can check that out in the stream that we did yesterday. I've got a link to that in the description as well. Um, but that's an awesome update in terms of what YouTube is doing. In addition to that, if you're a live streamer, if you uh, go and you look at your uh, chat options, so when you look at your live stream chat, you're gonna see, if you pick the drop down at the very top, you're gonna see top chat, you're gonna see live chat, but they've also recently added an option for fan funding. And with fan funding, it covers your super chat, super stickers, channel memberships, and gifting. So how that works is, like if somebody gives a super chat, um, or a bunch of people give super chats, and you're wanting to just keep track of those and find them more easily, instead of having to scroll through your chat a bunch, which we you know had to do in the future, you can just turn that option on, and then it's just only going to show those things and then you can keep better track of them now of course Streamyard, you know keeps track of those things for you as well but just in case you are going live you know directly into youtube or using you know something else um this is a feature that you can um absolutely uh you know use as well so uh, the very first question, so we can go ahead and get into the uh, content today, is from Build with Mooney. Build with Mooney uploads one time uh, per week or more. They have a woodworking channel. The goal of the channel is to share and teach. And the question is, how do you film and record information on your computer as you do in your videos? Do you use a screenshot and then edit, or is there a device that records your screen while you perform each task? Just trying to up my game when it comes to my editing. Thanks. So um, here's what you do, John. So um, in my particular case, and I'm sure everybody has you know different workflows, so I'll share mine and then we'll see what D does. But um, what I do is I will make a note. So if I'm recording a video and what I know that I'm gonna be showing. What are you making? What do you mean? What's the question? Hello? <laughs> no, 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 Hello? no, 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 I mean, what's, what's your process? Like, what are you explaining? Like, what, what are you showing? Uh, well, well, this is just about anything where I'm showing my screen. Just screen recording just in general. Just screen recording in that's general. All, yep. That's all you need to say. Yeah, well, you know, if it's record. screenshot um, in the edit, um, or if there's something that is recording the screen while I'm performing each task. All right. Yeah, so basically how it's it works. <laughs> I just, all you gotta do, I'm just explaining how I screen record. That's all I had to say. So uh, how I do it is I, um, I'll make a note. So if I'm recording the audio, then in that particular case, if I'm only gonna be highlighting just very specific things, and I'll make a note saying that I need the screen recordings for those parts, and then I'll either do a 
screen recording if it's going to be multiple steps or I'll do a screenshot if it's just one thing that I'm trying to get people to focus on. Um, if it is a long tutorial where I'm taking people through a process, then in that case, I use a tool called Camtasia that allows you to record your camera and your screen at the same exact time. So then you can be sitting there talking and you can be going over whatever it is on your screen and then you can show whatever processes that you want and then you can fully edit the video inside of Camtasia or you can just edit out that screen recording and then load that into whatever other uh, software that you use to edit your videos and then you know kind of build everything together that way. Wait a minute, um, you can so that's record your camera at the same time oh, yeah. separately? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a totally separate track. So you get a you get an audio track. I didn't know that and we'll put them both in the timeline? Yep. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah, so you get wow. a yes, yeah, so you get a full camera, right? And then you get the screen recording, and then you get audio as well. And what's cool is with the camera, I they used, have I use Camtasia. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, well, and the, in the new one, they they uh -huh. had an update that dropped them out six months ago. Uh -huh. um, you can also uh, remove your your background too. Hmm. So, like, let's say that you just want to put yourself in the corner, but you don't want to have a circle or square right. or like whatever. Then you can just completely remove your background, and uh, and then you're just there, you know, on the screen, which is also cool. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So when I'm on a PC, I do screen recording with Camtasia, yeah. but I didn't know I could add my camera too. Yep. But since I've switched over to a Mac, I've been using QuickTime. Mm -hmm. QuickTime does. The problem with QuickTime there is, no problem with QuickTime. is that you can record the screen, but you can't like you zoom can't, in and do all yeah, of those things yeah. and maintain the quality. Right. So on a phone, when people are watching yeah, videos on a phone, shines. right? Yeah. On, a, on a phone, when people are watching videos on a phone, then technically they can zoom in. But if you want to make it easy for the viewer, which is always the, the game, then in that particular case, you know, when you're editing it, then you can just zoom in on whatever it is that you need. Um, you can draw squares around things like it's an advantage you know screen well, you uh, know, recording tool another cool thing about camtasia is you can say like follow the cursor right or yeah right it pushes in it just feels more net it's made for that sort of right. thing right yeah. yeah 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 with quicktime it's great for like giving feedback on a website or giving feedback yeah, on yeah, something yeah. and sending it you know via like email or something real mm -hmm. quick but in terms of like you know recording content for your channel yeah. you definitely want to be able to like zoom in and, and like without losing quality and so many like joiner that. also did not know that it would record your camera yep. at the same time yep. we, we just learned that. something we today did, yep there you go we just learned something today Bro love yeah. it there you go so our next question today oh yeah for your process what do you do when it comes to putting videos together this is it similar i just told you well, you said Hello? That you, you said that you do those two things, but in terms of the edit, so you don't edit uh, inside of that. You basically export the screen recording and then you drop it into CapCut. I'm guessing, and then you basically yeah. stack them in there. I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime I've done any sort of screen recording, like let's say I'm doing a tutorial, mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm going to do my my intro, whatever that hook is, whatever the lead up is. Then I'm going to put in the screen recording, and then I'm going to go through the painstaking process of trying to match what I'm saying with the actual screen recording okay. because I guarantee I messed up multiple times. Okay. I had to retake stuff, um, so that you know, trying to match all of that up, so it hurts. Okay, but how know. much does it hurt? Uh, like one to ten. Uh, one, yeah. It's kind of like getting kicked in the shin. Okay. Okay, yeah, so it's not too bad. Right. Like yeah, steel yeah, so toe. It's like, so it hurts, but not like, like you know, yeah, you, you can still walk, but you might have a limp. If you had like steel toe boots on and okay. you kicked me in the shin. Okay. As an adult. You know, that kind of sounds like, you know, something that we oh, might want to oh, try. No, no, I got it. I got it. Ready? Okay. It would be like, remember you'd race bicycles? Yeah. And you'd kick your, your pedals and they'd spin around and hit and you, you in the shin. And you have the bear trap pedals. And you have the bear trap mm. pedals and it hit you in the shin. Yeah. It's a little bit worse than that. Okay. Okay. It's but, not too bad. Yeah. 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 Yeah, might might you know have you limping for but a while, it doesn't but. hurt as bad as losing a play button yep yep that's true that's true wah, wah, wah. so uh <laughs> next up we've got uh aaron gaming nation 
uh, Aaron Gaming Nation says they do gaming content. <laughs> the goal of the channel is to grow my channel because I enjoy making videos for the fun of it more than an actual business. And the question is, my channel's increased a decent amount over the past two months. Is there anything that I can do to improve my content, thumbnails, etc.? So this is where learning YouTube uh, analytics is um, to your advantage. So when it comes to YouTube analytics, a lot of content creators are intimidated by it, or they just don't want to, they just don't want to do it. Cause you know, you're a creator, you just want to make stuff and put it out there and you want to hope that people enjoy it. Um, we all, you know, everybody kind of wants to do that, but when it comes to the analytics, the, and the, the reason that you want to learn how to read and interpret your analytics is because it answers questions like this. So you can have somebody go and like, look at your YouTube channel and give you feedback on your YouTube channel based on their experience. But the downside is if they're not looking directly in your analytics, then, you know, they're sharing information based on what it is that they know, but they might not be able to like really like zero in, um, you know, into the detail that you need. So because of that, if you learn how to use your analytics, then you can go and answer these questions. You can say, okay, is there anything I can do to improve my content? The way that you answer that question is you go into your audience retention reports, which is a report that YouTube gives us for free with every video that we publish. And it shows us second by second, how people are responding to our content over time on average. Tom Nash in the house, what's up, dude? Hope you're going great. Um, But basically, the uh, that particular graph it shows you how people are responding on average over time. So because of that, it shows you like, okay, hey, if I'm not having trouble getting people past this first thirty seconds then I can see that. And then I can tell that that's an area that I need to work on. Um, and, and you can just rinse and repeat that through the entire video. And then in addition to that, they also give you another drop down where they let you uh, see how your content compares to other content of similar length. So you'll see another graph that goes across and it'll show you just how you're comparing. So you can be like, wow, I'm either way below average here, I'm above average, or I'm doing you know kind of okay, right along with everybody else. Um, and, and it starts to give you those insights into you know how your videos are performing against others, and then you have the absolute one, which is the first one that I explained. And on that one, it shows you very specific areas within your own content that you can start to troubleshoot from there. And the way that you troubleshoot is by experimenting with theories you come up with in terms of, I think people left because I was doing this. And then you test that against future videos until, and you keep renting, repeating that process um, until you, you know, find uh, the things that cause people to leave your videos and you do less of those and you find the things that cause people to stick around your videos more, which then, you know, um, uh, uh, you lean more into those and do more of those things to keep people watching longer. Um, when it comes to your thumbnails, same exact thing. So when it comes to your thumbnails, they also give you your click through rate compared to impressions. And they also show you the traffic sources or the pages of YouTube where your or uh, thumbnails are getting clicked on. And when it comes to your click-through rate, this one's a little bit like cloudy because your topic impacts it, your thumbnail impacts it, your title impacts it, and your autoplay. When you know people are hovering over the video and YouTube starts playing the video, all of these things impact your click-through rate. But when you do see that click-through rate information, you can identify like, okay, this is really underperforming compared to how my stuff usually does. So do I think it's the topic? Do I think I need to redo the thumbnail or redo the title in order to try to make this better for the people that um, that I'm trying to reach with this. Carry this for a moment. Okay. Next I, up I, I on fix something on here. Next up on the list here, uh, we've got the Dream Builder 21. Dream Builder 21 says that uh, they've been on YouTube for less than a year. Automotive content. The goal of the channel is to entertain people with my projects to distract them from their day. And the question is, when uh, you use 
a word in your word block list, does it completely stop users from using that word no matter what way they construct the comment? Yeah, so it doesn't stop them from using it, but it stops it from showing up from public view. So what he's talking about here is in your YouTube channel, if you have things that people say to you in your comment section, you're like, yeah, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable or it's mean or whatever. Then in that particular case, you can add those words or phrases to your blocked words list. In order to find this, you log into your creator studio on your computer. You click on the little settings icon down in the bottom left-hand side of the page. Once you click on that, um, a box is gonna pop up. There you click into the community area and then you scroll to the very bottom of that and you're gonna see an area that says blocked words. So you put whatever words that you wanna block into there and how how that thing works is let's say that the word is phone okay then in that particular case if i go to your channel after you put the word phone in there and i say hey this looks great on my phone or hey why don't you get a new phone you jerk then in that case phone would be the trigger word and hopefully jerk might be in there too and then with that what happens is youtube will remove that from public view and then they will put it into another area called held for review and then you can choose to go and look into the held for review section and see the things that people are saying or you can just ignore that area completely and never look at it and then you'll never see those comments keep in mind though people can get around it so like let's say for example again the, the word is phone they could do p star h star uh o star and you know they can do creative things like that to that's, get around it that's how i do it but what you're trying to to cut down on is the people that are just being rude and not people that are being like strategically rude <laughs> right but even with those if you do find you know ways that people are you know getting around it you can also just copy those and paste those right into the block words list as well and over time you end up creating just a really clean community based on uh you know based on how you've designed that part so Lots of people, because I talk about this a lot. And, man, what is going on? We're having problems with our... Your loop's not on. Yeah, I know, but it keeps... Yeah. Anyway, why yeah. it happens. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. So Tom Nash was like, oh, the, the stream is going smoothly today. Uh -huh. And almost to the second when he said that, this, that broke. this started messing up. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Yeah, We're, so hit play, hit the loop icon. You yeah, should be good. No, it keeps, it, keeps, it keeps breaking. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. It like just, the loop doesn't loop? Yeah. Oh, it okay. Just, yeah. It, it, the loop is on. No, that's uh, well, it, shuffle. Yeah, well, turn shuffle off, turn yeah, loop on. Yep. Yeah, and then, on. and then start with the original it file. It was. Anyway, it goes a couple right. times and it stops. Oh, huh, weird. Yeah, really. It's like it, it, it goes and it stops. Hmm. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. From this day forward, this is called the Tom Nash TV. <laughs> the Tom Nash TV is what it's called. We have a picture. We have a little, little sticker of Tom's face yeah, right Tom, here. Tom, Tom Nash. TV. So I was going to say a lot of times when I talk about the the blocked words list. Yes. People will say, "Hey, can I have your list?" Mm. My list would probably offend you. My yeah. My list is so horrific. Mm -hmm. And it has words in there that people should not have to read. Okay. And I've never, I don't think I've said never, but I probably have not shared my list uh, with people unless I'm really close. To, like, mm. like, unless we don't hang, like, if we hang out in person, you might have the list. Yeah. Otherwise, I would feel embarrassed to give somebody the list yeah. because I don't want you to even think about that those words came out of my head to even put them in there. Mm. But a lot and of think about why would he block those words? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably yeah. like a whole other set. Of right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, judgment. What's wrong? What's wrong with elephants? God, I can't believe that words in there. Yeah. Why would he want that block? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. 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 yeah it opens I mean, up a whole can of worms.
No, well, I mean, a lot of it comes from either comments that people have less left on my account or comments I see on other people's channels. Uh. Sometimes I'll go down and leave a comment. And there's just some horrible stuff. Mm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm adding that to mine. But I don't want anybody to think that, like, those are words that I think about. Yeah. So, I'll, like, you know, I don't want to shame myself. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily that you think about them. It's just that you had to think about it yeah. for the temporary moment of putting them together. What I'm trying to say is, is they're really bad. There's some really bad words in there. I <laughs> uh, love it. Yeah. My block words list is pretty bad. Next up on our list here, we got Pro Fan Talk. Pro Fan Talk uploads every other day. Um, they do sports content. The goal of the channel is to share my opinions on trending sports topics as a former NFL player. Uh, the question is, following your tips, I've reached 2,000 subscribers. Congratulations to All you. Right. Um, and had my first video with over 60,000 views. What is the best strategy to duplicate that success? Love your content. Fist bump. So uh, when it comes to having a video pop off, um, a couple of things that you have to do, and this particular part of it is um, is kind of like the least fun part because you want to get back to just making another video. Um, but you need to go in and, and, and start thinking about why you think, like at the core, start thinking of why it is that you think people responded better to that video in the first place just from the outside, right? Like, okay, topically, is this something that's a little bit more broad within my niche? Um, if, if so, then maybe that's why they responded. Um, is it the timing of this video? It, at the moment that I'm talking about this thing, is there like a heightened amount of interest around this? Is this something that's even like lightweight trending in the type of content that I make? Um, was I like the first on this? So let's say for example, um, in your case, cause you're doing, you know, sports topics, so, you know, like did the game just finish and I was the first person to put up a video with my feedback of the game. And then because of that, I was the first one and people were looking for it. There's nothing else available, you know, at that time, which would kind of fall under timing too. Um, and then from there, once you get through that, um, if you figure out that like, okay, it wasn't necessarily the timing. Um, it wasn't necessarily something that's trending beyond something else. Um, you kind of alleviate those things to where it's like, yeah, maybe I can repeat this. Then from there, you start looking at the packaging and you start, and by packaging, I mean the thumbnail title. So you start looking at that and you start thinking to yourself, okay, um, with this thumbnail, why do I think, you know, this was able to grab people's attention? And then you, you know, come up with all the different theories that you have around that. And then the same exact thing with the title. Why do I think the people that I'm trying to reach with my content clicked on this as much as they did and then came into the actual video itself. And then what you do with that information is as you're coming up with these theories, you write everything down. And then when it comes to making the other videos that you make, you start applying some of those similar things to that content to see if, you know, if you get a similar response there. Um, in addition to that, when it comes to the video content itself, analyze the heck out of that video. So what you want to do is you want to go in literally in like five to 10 second chunks, start looking at that video from the very beginning and look at your audience retention reports for that video and start asking yourself, okay, why do I think this grabbed people's attention when they first came into the video? Why do I think they made it this far in the video? Why do I think they enjoyed this particular part and wanted to watch the next part and start basically asking yourself those questions about the viewer, right? And then um, once you come up with all of those things, that's when you can start testing additional content that you publish against those ideas and theories that you come up with so that you can use that information to either prove or disprove the theories that you come up with on why people responded. If you prove it, then in that particular case, then you're gonna be able to you know, make it repeatable and you'll be able to do it more. But if you disprove it and you're like, okay, well, I think it might be this, and then you test that in you know, a handful of videos and it doesn't get a similar response, then in that particular case, that's going to remove that when you're gonna make, okay, well, it's not because of that, um, because I can't, you know, I, can't, I, can't, I can't get them to repeat that. You got some super chats. Hopefully that helps. Um, let's see here. iPhone Chris, what's going on, dude? Hope you're doing great. Says, um, I give to Nick and D $10. I give five to D. That's awesome. Thank you, man. That's Appreciate awesome. that. Yep. So I'll get you a coffee, D. You get more coffee. Yep. Woo. 
Uh, how we got here, coffees today. How we got here, Genealogy says, um, do you have a blocked words list for when um, you are with D in person? Yeah, I do. I've got like this, uh, in my phone, I got this big list of words that I'm not allowed to say in his presence. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like our contractual agreement. Like, hey, dude, if we his thing he's like hey if we're gonna be hanging out you have to sign this and uh you can't say these words you can't bring up these things you can't talk about like youtube play buttons and stuff like that like uh you just have to you know just abide by these rules is kind of his uh his thing uh, that's right <laughs> that's funny. melinda elliott thank you for your support for 15 months there too and uh brian uh yours for 21. so uh let's see here so next up on Come our on. Is, is your block words list is it shameful um, some of it is like if you were to take it out of context and somebody just found that file on your computer, probably, yeah, yeah I'd probably be like, yeah, what are, why are all these words? Why yeah. is he collecting like, these he, words? That's yeah. kind of weird by itself. Yeah. So yeah, probably a little bit. Yeah. 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 I would say it's not too bad though. I mean, there's, you know, there's some bad stuff in Mine's there, but I mean, that's bad. why you put it in there. Right. Cause Mine's it's bad, bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's actually, if you Google for it, uh, you can find like default blocked words lists that people do really? have publicly available. Oh. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. We were talking about it earlier. Um, yeah, to where it can give you just kind of a starting point. And it has like all the racial stuff in there and like all the political stuff in there and all the like, you know. Oh, that's good. That's like good. all of those types of things, all the profanity, you know. Um, all the profanity? All, of, all the stuff. A lot of the profanity. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, and a lot of those things that, you know, people are uh, sensitive to. Good, good, good. Yeah. Go look that up then. Yep. Trying to learn bikes. Uh, they do DIY motorcycle maintenance content. The goal of the channel says I create videos for the challenge. Question is, could I create an image poll with a link and thumbnail to one of my underperforming videos and ask the community to comment back to me on why they think the video is not getting views? Is this a bad idea or it might be a good way of breathing life into a video that may have been abandoned early by YouTube? Know that I've retitled and rethumbnailed the video after the first 30 days of it being live. So here's the thing, like YouTube doesn't abandon the content. The reason that YouTube slows down or stops the impressions on a video is because the people that they're showing the content to, they're not responding to it. So it's not necessarily that not at, they're not responding to it at a competitive level. So it's not necessarily that YouTube is like, you know, Hey, this, you know, we're just going to stop this video. It's it's important to look at YouTube like it's a mirror of your audience, right? So like if people are, you know, really enjoying the content, then YouTube's just gonna keep showing it to people until it hits that threshold of people that aren't aren't enjoying it at a competitive level, and then that's when it'll slow down. Um, and then you have it to where, you know, in some cases you'll publish a video and that core group of people that, you know, should enjoy it, they don't enjoy it. And then any other test groups, they don't enjoy it that much and the video just dies. Um, so you have that. So because of that, um, um, what you're saying, is good for sending people into content that is known to perform, but I wouldn't necessarily do that with videos that have been proven to not perform. Um, and the reason for that is because you're sending people into content that they're probably not going to like because the video you know didn't do well. Try it, I mean, it's free to post in your community tab. Um, so you can absolutely do that. But um, one thing to think about if you are gonna be doing that though, is how can I uh, how can I take the content that people have really enjoyed and just amplify that, right? Because I know that people have enjoyed it and I know that every viewer that interacts with my channel isn't watching every piece of content that I publish. So because of that, let me share this in my community feed. Just make the note, hey, everybody seemed to really enjoy this video. If you haven't seen it yet, you might wanna check it out. Um, and by doing that, then you're sending people into content that is already proven to perform and already create a positive experience for the people that are already interacting with your content. 
Oh, uh, see so here. Chad says, I disagree on this point. I think YouTube has a faucet-like control over each video. They turn on the views and then they turn it off. No, that's not the case. I, I, I want you to think about the scale of YouTube. So over 500 hours I've of seen, content. I've seen the faucet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen the button. I've yeah. seen the I've seen the yep. levers. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but over over 500 hours um uh, and this is like old information. Like this is just the the stuff that YouTube, you know, has has put out and they haven't really updated it. But like years ago it was over 500 hours of of content uploaded to to YouTube every minute. That was before Shorts. That's hit. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Like, and that was before Shorts. So basically we have that on long form content, which all, we also have even more creators that are going out. Um, and then you have the uh, shorts content as well. So you can prove it. If you go into your videos that do well and your videos that do not, you can go in and you can prove through the reflection. The data is the reflection of how people responded to it. You can go in there and prove why videos did or did not do well. Um, a good place to start would be your impressions. If you're still right. getting impressions, the faucet's not turned off. Right. They're just, it, your video is just in front of an audience who isn't responding yep. to whatever it is that you've made. Right. You know, it could be the overall packaging, whatever. People don't click for lots of different reasons. Right. But as long as you're getting impressions, YouTube is showing your video to people. Right. Right. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah. The system is yeah, trying. They're trying. Yeah. They, it mm -hmm. might not be matching with the right audience, but right. they're trying to put it in front of people. Yep. So uh, David Matney, what's going on, man? Hope you're doing great. Says, um, can you have a blocked words list on live stream chat on StreamYard? So uh, basically, if you have the blocked words list, what happens is uh, if somebody says something in your YouTube chat, then it's also going to be held for review there. Um, and sometimes they'll get through and they'll show up in StreamYard, um, but but usually it'll stop before it actually gets to StreamYard. But sometimes they will pop up over there and you will see them there. Um, but a lot of times, as long as you have the words that you need in that list, a lot of times it'll cut down on that considerably. So Chris is talking about, or sorry, Chad is talking about shorts. He thinks shorts Still, are turned on and off. Shorts seem to have a shelf life in general, and it seems to be that way across the board for even if it's like Reels or TikTok. There's so many videos being uploaded, short form content being uploaded to these platforms. I, I don't know how they can possibly give all the shorts a fair chance because they don't even populate the entire platform. Right. So you know here's, what I mean? here's what you want to think about when it comes to shorts is like broad audience. So like if, Very broad, you know, yeah. with shorts, because they're, it's kind of like TikTok where there's, yeah. you know, they're just like popping up in front of yeah. a bunch of people they're that might not have. Throwing a ton of stuff up on the wall and right. seeing what sticks. Right. So yeah. the, so as always, just like every other, you know, format, the, cr the cream rises to the top. Right. Yeah. So usually but, that that cream that's at the top is usually really broad stuff like entertainment content, yeah. pranks, you know, like that kind of stuff, because the majority of people can uh, that get presented that type of content can enjoy it compared yeah, like if, to like me talking about content creators. Yeah. Right? So if you Cause I put a break on it. As soon as I say, if you're a content creator, I nail it in terms of, you know, who that content is for. Mm. But then I immediately make that not broadly accessible. Right or not broadly interesting to a lot of people. If you go to your homepage and you look at the short shelf, it's most likely gonna be mixed between viral shorts mm -hmm. with millions of views right. or hundreds and thousands of views mixed in with channels that you're already interested in. And the ones, I mean, you're competing against, you're competing against- Mr. Beast. You're, yeah, you're competing right. against with Zach shorts. King, right? Yeah, you're competing against very high performing shorts. Mm -hmm. So if your shorts are not competitive in that market, you're gonna have a limited amount of time that YouTube is even gonna test your shorts right. because it has proven winners. Right. Why would YouTube continue to show shorts that are not winners 
right? Like, okay, let's just say you got 10,000 views or 5,000 mm -hmm. views or something like that. But here's all these other shorts that are getting hundreds of, consistently getting hundreds of thousands of views right. or millions of views consistently. It's in YouTube's best interest to put the higher performing shorts in front of the viewer. And by performing, meaning in terms shorts. of how people respond to right, it. Right, and how yeah. people, yeah. So you might have a short that for your own personal best, it's the best, like, wow, this is the best short I've ever done. Right. But in the, the scope of shorts, it still might not be a very good short. Right. Like I've had video or shorts where I thought were great, mm -hmm. but they teetered out at like 6,000 views. Right. I'm like, that's fantastic. Right. Um, and, and, and all the metrics are there. Right. 100% watch time, everything mm -hmm. is there, but it's still not competitive right. in the grand scheme of all the other shorts out there, just getting hundreds of thousands. Right. And, and it, topically, it matters topically. Chad, I think you're a music channel. You know, yeah. you're um, depending on what you're doing with your shorts, you're just not going to reach that broad audience. Yeah. And you're competing with channels that are right. So unfortunately, because there's limited space for shorts, there's limited eyeballs right on them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And also, man, like the the faster that you can remove that that uh, perception, the more you're going to put the spotlight on yourself and start digging in and start being like, okay, well, if my videos are underperforming and if there's not, you know, if bots aren't hitting this button, then that means it's on me. So because of that, if I'm doing music content and I'm putting that music content into shorts instead of it just being me like playing the guitar, maybe I need to do something like really extreme, like, uh, you know, either one playing, you know, interesting covers of like very popular songs or, you know, doing something that's nearly impossible to play or, you know, something like that. Um, but it needs to be spectacular for a large amount of people if you want it to get past that, you know, that initial, you know, threshold that you might be getting stopped at. So I'm just looking it's right hard, though. You so know, it's hard. I, I just, I just went to YouTube, look at my homepage and I'm looking at the first short shelf on, mm -hmm. on my PC here. Yep. Okay, and it, and it's not all Mr. Beast content, sure. right? So just it's catered to you know to your right, right. Interest it's a bit, but it's, it's also catered to random. interest. But they also test very high performing videos right. there. So my shorts, I've got five that are showing here. Um, the first one is a guy named Uncle Jack. He's hmm. like he's over a hundred years old, and he just does like interesting wisdom type stuff. Eight thousand views. Okay, but he's sitting next to a short that's got 21 million views, $100 if you guessed our age, sitting next to another short with 1.5 million views, memes I found on the internet, right. sitting next to another short with 254,000 views with simple automatic gate latches, mm. sitting next to another one with 1.8 million views, the oldest trick in the book, when your husband asks you for a towel. Mm. So out of these shorts, you've got Uncle Jack, who has a fantastic channel, and I think it's great, but he's got 8,000 views. Well, guess what? If that short doesn't start running really fast, why would they keep showing it? Right. Why would they keep showing it, especially if when they show these, if I'm clicking on the latch, if people go, oh, yeah, the latch, or I'm watching the $100 if you guess their age, mm -hmm. right? YouTube is incentivized to show people the stuff that they're gonna click on and watch. Right, and one of the things too, um, just to be clear, like when we talk about like broad audience, like things like that, like the, you know, $100, what is it's it? It's a broad audience. $100 for what? What is to it? To guess our age. Yeah, to guess That's our age. It's a broad audience. That particular one, literally anybody can click on that. Right. Uh, a 12-year-old can click on that, right. or my mom can click on that and sit there and, and right. enjoy that content, right. right? Versus, and I don't know if you've done this video, I'm just pulling this out because this is music, versus watch me play master of puppets on a guitar right right who's right. that i mean that, some people be interested in some that. People there's will. a large amount of people that be interested right. in that it just it's just not as competitive with right. you know with, with uh you know with bigger stuff right how to how to tune your guitar by ear right 
Okay. That's kind of, yeah. that's going to be attractive to a certain audience. Right. It's kind of like my creator thing in terms of like, you know, yeah. you, as soon as it's that, then it's like, okay, well the qualifier for this is yeah. one, they have to be a guitar player Two, right. They have to want to be able to tune by ear. Right. And then three, they have to actually want to sit there and watch a video on how to, you know, how to do it. Right. Versus a six year old who could play master of puppets. Right. That would that's be cool. interesting. That, then it's then like, now oh my it becomes gosh, interesting. Is he going to pull this off? Right. right. Playing right. master of puppets on a piano at an airport and I'm six years old. Right. People are yep, going to watch watching. it. That's a broad, right. broad audience. Right. Absolutely. Time. Right. Brian G. Johnson in the house, author of Tube Ritual, Volume 1. I think he might even have another one of these coming out at some time in the future. I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to encourage get him there. It. But uh, Tube Ritual, Volume 1, help you get to uh, 5,000 subscribers on YouTube, your first 5,000. He's in the chat right now. Brian G., hope you are doing amazing, my friend. Glad to see you uh, in here. Dude, I'm thinking, out. I'm thinking Brian is on Adderall or something. Why? He like every time he's I open cranking up, out videos. He is just cranking. Every time I open up he's YouTube focused. now, every time I, he's it's Adderall, isn't it? Yep. You come on. He's focused. Every time I open up YouTube, it's like Brian G. Johnson uploaded one hour ago. Yep. <laughs> it right. It doesn't matter what right. time I open YouTube. You're synced up, up with this upload schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you wake up in the morning, you're like, Brian G. One, again? Again? Oh my one, gosh. Yeah. Uploaded yeah. one hour ago? Are right. you kidding me? Right. Yeah. So our next question here is Us Plus Dad. Us Plus Dad uploads every other day. They've been on YouTube for less than a year. They do Roblox role play, role play content. The goal of the channel is to create an interactive Roblox community. The question is, hey, Nick, um, what um, has your stance on shorts changed? I know you said that you were going all in on lives, videos, and shorts to push 1 million subs, but you haven't posted a short in seven months. Just curious your view on them now. Thanks for all that you do. I'm actually working on a 90-day series for YouTube shorts. Um, they should start being published. Uh, in, we're in February right now, mid-March. Um, they'll start getting published. So keep an, uh, an eye out for those. Next up, we've got uh, Home Rapid Repair. Been on YouTube for a year or more. Home improvement content. The goal of the channel is to become a trusted source for home improvement topics. The question is, okay, at 4,000 subs, I'm starting to see trends on what topics are performing better than others. So the question is, should I keep revisiting that well and keep redoing those types of video topics? So what you want to do is as you are publishing content to your YouTube channel, you want to keep in mind that YouTube is showing your content to certain groups of people that are interested in certain things. So when you see that you have certain topics performing better, then you want to make sure that um, that if you can make additional content around those particular topics, that you add those to your content strategy. It doesn't mean that you always have to, you know, just like make the same video about how to set up your iPhone a hundred times. It's more about um, or in your case, you're doing home, home improvement, like how to install a doorknob, you know, a hundred times. Um, it's more about, okay, if somebody is enjoying this content, uh, what can I also make that they would also be likely to enjoy? Because I'm proving through paying attention to what's going on in my channel, I'm proving that people are responding to these types of things from me. So because of that, if they're responding to these types of content, one, can I give them any more of that? If so, then I'm going to add that to my content strategy and make sure that I'm putting those in there on a regular basis. But in addition to that, what else can I give them that would also be in alignment with the things that that I'm seeing proof that they are interested in from me and then start making some of that content and through those experiments that's where you're gonna find some things that might do better um, some things that might do as well and you might also find some things that they just do not want for you also but the idea is to use the information of identifying the things that they do respond to to to, to make sure that you are giving them that but then also looking for things that are in alignment um, with that based on based on their interests. got a super chat for dr zach what's going on dude hope you are doing fantastic nice to see you hey, in here zach how you doing man 
So I'm thinking about doing some complications of shoe teardown spanning 20 to 30 minutes. How many mid rolls is appropriate? I only upload five to 12 minutes usually, and I don't want to go overboard. Thanks, guys. So when it comes to mid rolls, um, keep in mind that YouTube does have the tolerance, you know, for that on each, you know, individual viewer um, in terms of, you know, when they get shown the ads. So you can put them in manually and do it that way, or you can let YouTube do it based on what it is that they know about the viewer and how the viewer typically responds to ads. Um, but one thing that I want you to think about is that when you are publishing your videos and you are putting mid rolls in there, I'm not sure because I know that you're you know doing this professionally now. So um, I'm not sure if you also have other things that you offer in your videos. Like for example, if you have you know your own products that you're sending sending people into or affiliate things you're sending people into or anything like that. But when it comes to mid rolls, even though not everybody's going to see them, and yes, it will add to your bottom line in terms of ad revenue. Um, just make sure that you're not putting mid rolls in there that would um, interrupt people getting to that thing that might actually make you, you know, real money in comparison to, you know, the, the money that you might get off of, the, uh, you know, the additional mid roll ads. Um, but when it comes to like how many to put in a 20 to 30 minute video, um, if it was me, I would just turn on YouTube's option to have them put them in there. Um, unless there's critical points that people need to get through before they see them. Like, let's say for example, like it's really important to make sure that people get to at least this part in the video before they get interrupted. Then in that particular case, having full control over it and then dropping one after that point and then spreading, you know, spreading out a few from there. But the way to think about this is one, not every viewer is going to see every mid roll. And then two is that when you do put those in there, um, um, people will still, you know, come back to the videos and, you know, all that. So it's not going to be that big of a deal, but you do want to respect the viewer experience. So, you know, everybody's going to tune out of the video. If you're putting one, like, you know, all the time. And if YouTube were to show it to them all the time, then people would, you know, leave the video at scale. But, um, but YouTube is sensitive to that because their system, they also want to keep, you know, people on the platform while balancing that with making sure they're showing ads. Um, so because of that, just try to put, you know, enough in there to make it comfortable for your viewers. If you're going to do it manually after start them after that, point, you know, if you do have content that builds up to a particular point that they need to see before the rest of the information started after that. So you can make sure you get them interested in wanting to watch the video if they do, you know, get an ad. Um, so you don't, so you don't have them catch the ad and then be like, I wasn't enjoying that video anyway, and then leave, like, make sure you can get them to, you know, through that hook part of your, you know, video, um, and then start dropping them from there. But I, I wouldn't put too many, though. Like, I wouldn't overdo it. Like, maybe, you know, one every five minutes or something like that. Um, and even that, it's a little bit excessive um, if, you, if you're focused on the viewer experience. But, you know, if you want to make that extra, you know, ad money, then, uh, then definitely uh, get those in there. Get that money. Get that money. Get that paper. Yep. Okay, so next up on our list here, we've got... Uh, Learn Spanish world. What's going on, man? Hope you're doing great. Mm. Says apologies for the slight detour from our main topic of discussion, but I was curious about the name of your first channel. I've been wanting to check it out, but I lost the name. Thanks. It's um Don't tell him. So uh next question. No, it's called <laughs> All Our Questions. I was gonna have you say it in Spanish. I don't know it in Spanish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so all our questions um um is what it is. And yeah, you can go check that out. All kinds of fun stuff over there. Love that content. Yeah, that's a cool channel. It is. It's, really it's cool the channel. funnest content. I had the most fun making that content. Really? Oh, God, I loved it. My original plan was because that's where I kind of caught the bug on YouTube, right? My original plan was come back to this channel, start doing like affiliate stuff, things like that, collecting emails, make all those money. types of things, make, make some money moolah. so that I could, you know, go full time and all that stuff. And then as soon as I was there, then I would go back to all our questions and continue making content over there while also doing content over here and doing that whole thing. But I got to this point to where I was like, you know what? Um, 
this is a lot of work. So yeah, because yeah, of that, yeah. I'm just going to focus on, you know, I'm just going to focus on one. And, uh, and that's what I did. I never went, never went back. Those that are probably but it's still done, there. I might go back one day. Those that have probably done really well with shorts. Yeah. If they were put, put together right for yeah. shorts. Yeah. I, I, TikTok, I did some whatever. like clipping and stuff yeah, like that for them. Yeah. It, and, got, yeah. How did it work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, they got, you know, did okay they? views, but nothing spectacular. Yeah. 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 It's did 30 days right when that clipping feature came out inside mm. of YouTube. So home rapid repair. I think we just answered this. Yeah, one. They're telling you how to oh, say no, it in Spanish. That's great. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. The channel's got, yeah. Right he says, chat. uh, he said, wow, you had quite a few views. Yeah. The, the channel's got like cool 16,000 subscribers on it. Like some of the, some of the videos got, yeah, serious views on them. Um, let's see here. What, so what, what was the funnest thing you did filming that channel? Could you like traveled with it? And, yeah. Like, you, what, what yeah. was, what, what were like, give me like the Man, top three, was, top, was awesome. top three like, highlights with that channel. Cause you, you've done you making some, content in some of the places was cool because I can, I can go and look at that content. Yeah. Right. And it's just kind of that memory of like, Oh yeah, you know, that was cool. Like, so, so I have that. So that part was cool. Um, in addition to that, I liked the, the side Here's how colonoscopy works. Right. Right. Remember that video? Yeah. I didn't publish that one, but, okay. but it's like the, uh, the idea, uh, of like having to take the, Com some of the things that I was talking about on that channel, it was really complex. So it was fun taking those ideas and trying to understand them enough to condense them down into like bite-sized content that, you know, would explain it to others. Um, I really liked that part. And then it also allowed me to just kind of do some fun, creative stuff with some of it as well. Um, so it was good on the expression side too, but I, was, I learned so much stuff while, while making that, uh, it, not like, you know, not just YouTube stuff, but like just stuff about the world and how stuff yeah, works. Prior and, to that, prior to you yeah. working on that channel, I used to look at you and I mean, like, yeah, we all did. We all, mm -hmm. all the friends and everything, mom yep. and the, the whole family kind of like looked, the village idiot. Yeah. You're yeah, kind of like the village right. idiot, but mm -hmm. then you did that channel and we were like, Whoa, wow, yeah. he, know, he knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. And it was, yep. you know, we never looked at you the same after yep. that. Yep. Now I'm I mean, the village idiot that uh, can also make a YouTube video. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Like, wow. He yep. learned, wow. I can't believe you figured out how to use YouTube. <laughs> wow. He can turn a camera on. Wow. Holy cow. Wow. He's, wow. wow. Let's give this guy a pat on the back. Yeah. We were going to yeah. put you in a home. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Cathay Fit says, uh, Las Pregnutas. Uh, preg uh, Las de Todos. De Todos. Yep. Todos. Uh, nice. De todos. Love it. Thank nice. you. Nice. So home rapid repair is Thank our uh, is our next question. Um, they upload one time per week or more. They do home oh, improvement content. Biting me. The goal of the channel is, is to become a trusted source for are home getting, improvement are topics. Are you bitten by something? The question is. I'll be back. Man, this is gonna be a tough one for repurposing. Let me start this one over again. <laughs> <laughs> like I sit there just trying to get through it. Dee's like, hey, here's some wrenches. Here's some wrenches. So, home rapid repair. Um, the question is, um, at 4,000 subs, I'm starting to see the trends of what topics. Oh, we did that one already. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, really? Tarantula is the next question. Um, the type of channel is tarantulas and exotic pets. The goal of the channel is to share and gather knowledge and experience about exotic pets. The question is, is it worth it to create a community via a Facebook group? I saw that a lot of people are sending me pictures of their pets and it would be nice to have a place where everyone can see them. What about moderating a group like that? Okay. So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to 
setting up a Facebook group or any type of community, um, absolutely it will require moderation. Um, that group could do very well. And if that group does well, then things can you know be kind of difficult to manage um, if you're not wanting to spend tons of time on it. But if you're into that and you're like, yeah, you know, I would love to just log into my Facebook group every day and, you know, have those conversations there and just, you know, be sharing pictures back and forth and stuff. Absolutely. You can do that. And one of the cool things is when you have that group, if they're all people that are, uh, you know, into tarantulas and other exotic pets, then when you do make videos about those, you can also share them into those groups. So Brian G. Johnson does this. He has the the group uh, Tube Ritual. And in that group, um, because it's all content creators in there, when he publishes a video, he'll share it in there sometimes. And um, with that, you know, some people will go over there and watch that video, but it's just an additional traffic source, essentially. So in addition to YouTube recommending his content and, you know, anything else, um, he also has that group. And when he posts in there, then, you know, some people will go over there and watch that too. And if you do start doing that, one thing that you can do, which is also, um, an important thing to make sure that you are paying attention to is if you go into your traffic sources report for your content or your channel as a whole, either one, but if you go into your traffic sources report and you look into external, let's say you have a Facebook group and you're sharing content there, what you can do is you can um, click into external and then it'll show Facebook. And then there you can go and look and say, okay, when I'm sharing it in these groups, are they watching for any significant amount of time? If they're hitting and bouncing, then in that case, you don't wanna share them there because people aren't responding. But if they're hitting it and they're still watching it for you know five minutes, six minutes, or however long you know the video is, or half of the video or whatever, then in that case, it's like, yes, this is a great place to share because people are coming in, they're enjoying the content. Um, so because of that, um, just make sure that you're tracking it. And as long as people keep responding there, then you can actually use that group to also you know bring more attention to your videos as well. Yeah, so Brian, he dropped his feedback in here real quick. He says, um, indeed, he does share in the groups. Um, he says, but typically it doesn't drive as many views as many creators hope slash wish for. Yeah, like, you know, part of that when you're on social media, just in general, if somebody's on Twitter, they, they're on Twitter because they want to be on Twitter. If somebody's on Facebook, they're on Facebook because they want to be there. If they're on YouTube, they want to be there. So, you know, when you like, it's hard to get people to transfer, um, but yeah. some people will, right? Like the people that are most engaged in what it is that you're doing, um, they will, you know, they'll, they'll transfer over if the content is something that they're interested in. Great question, though. Uh, next up on our list here. So, so you falling apart over there? You like doing okay? You getting eaten alive? Like yeah, what's going on? You know on? what it is? I think there could have been like a, an ant in my shirt oh. or a little spider or something. Mm. Yeah, I've got like these little, like I felt something. I, I don't know. I took mm. the shirt off and shook it and like, I don't know. Mm. I've got, look, well, here's one right there. Look at that. Well, that's like a welt. Yeah. Holy cow. They got you good. Yeah. I got Goodness. a couple. Of, yeah. I'm like freaking out over maybe, here. Maybe it's like a rust thing from the, uh, Maybe you have a rust allergy. I don't know. Maybe. You're going you're gonna to break out and go into hives. Your face is going to start swelling. I keep an eye on you. Yeah. Make sure your face doesn't start if swelling or something. I just start screaming and I run out of here, that means it's a spike. Like a, like a goat? That Yeah. Like those, ah! Like a screaming goats? Yeah. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Yeah, that okay. If I just start screaming mm -hmm. and running, that means it's a large spider. Okay. Little spider will bother me. It's like a large really large spider so so if you scream and run that way it's a large spider if you yeah. scream and run this way what is it if it's that way it means i'm going to jump off the balcony right that's what i mean like like how big how big does it have to be to go out that way it means i'm not you, that means nobody's <laughs> that means nobody's getting out of this room alive if you see me run that way <laughs> oh, <laughs> love it 
So Cafe Arts is our next question. Um, uh, the type of channels, art, manga art, making, and writing. Um, the goal of the channel is sharing my journey, but in the future, build an audience who like my creations. And the question is StreamYard questions. I sometimes draw on my tablet and I want to be on camera on my computer. How can I show my screen or tablet on a mobile? So um, one thing that you can do is if you do have a capture card of some kind, um, if you have like a USB- uh, No, they do it on a, just on a tablet. Oh, they're only doing it on a tablet? Yeah. Hold on. I sometimes draw on my tablet and I want to come on my computer. Oh. Yeah, so, so it seems like drawing on the tablet, but wants to get it into the computer so they can use it in StreamYard. Um, you need a dongle. So one, you need a dongle to make sure you can connect it to the computer, but you yeah. also need a way to actually read it. So with yeah. that dongle, that dongle would actually HDMI out into something. So you need to- HDMI. Yeah, so you need probably. to be able to import that though. So they would need some type of like ATEM or some type of cam link or something like that to feed it into. Um, because they would also have a camera. So if it's like a USB webcam, then no big deal because that that doesn't require a capture card, yeah. but the iPad would for the iPad coming in. Or um, yeah, yeah or, or tablet, whatever it is. So so yeah, you can do that, but um, but you're you're probably gonna need some some extra things. And it also depends on the camera. So for example, you can get a cam link, for example, for like a hundred bucks or 120, I think they are for the new ones. Um, but your, uh, uh, like an ATEM mini, that's like 300 bucks. And with that, you can plug like a HDMI from a camera into it. You can plug in a, you know, an iPad, you can plug in your phone if you want to, um, all kinds of really cool stuff that you can do there. But at the end of the day, you need some type of, as Doug mentions here, you need some type of uh, capture, you know, HDMI capture device in order to make that happen. Yeah, so you can... Hold on, Dee's working on it right now. So to be continued, I think, while he's uh, coming up with that over there. I don't have the mm -hmm. dongle at hand uh, that you need to plug into your tablet, but you can buy a very inexpensive and people, you know, these are hit and miss, they're like 20 bucks. These cheap little HDMI video captures, this one is 1080, which is fine for sharing your screen probably. It's just an HDMI. Um, when I was in Mexico, mm -hmm. I use this all the time. Nice. I've got two of them. Working your driver, Mike, what's going on, dude? Hope you're doing great. Yeah. So basically nice. you would have the dongle going into your tablet, then you would have an HDMI cable going into something like this that plugs in USB to your cable. Mm -hmm. Other things that you can do, like I'm not sure like, you know, budget and things like that, which, yeah, which matters. Computer. Like if you've got an yeah. iPad and a Mac, it's going to change right. too. So yeah, I think you can actually pull it Quick directly time. in on a Mac. Through QuickTime. Yeah. 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 You can like, yeah, you can capture it through QuickTime. If, if, what, what do you do that through AirPlay? I think QuickTime has a solution for it. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you got some options there. Neil, Urban Van Life, what's going on, dude? Hope you're doing great. Yeah. Um, he says it's iPad Pro, so only has USB-C. Yeah, okay. with that, though, can get a dongle. Yeah, 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 yeah. can get a dongle you, for the you HDMI You can get USB-C to HDMI, mm -hmm. and then the HDMI can plug into um, something like this. Now, you yep. can go cheap with these, or you yep, can get yep. like a 4K version from Elgato. Yep. Or something like that. Yep, yep. Gardening with Bear Brown is our next question. Uh, they do gardening content. The goal of the channel is to teach people how to grow food and be a full-time creator in here, four years. Here it is. Doug says, if you have a Mac, you can do it with your iPad cable using QuickTime to capture the iPad. Boom. So just the standard USB-C to the computer and then use QuickTime. Boom. If it's a Mac. Love it. Yeah. 
So Gardening with Bear Brown um, uploads one time per week or more. They do gardening content. The goal is to teach people how to grow food and be a full-time creator in four years. The question is, I heard part of the stream yesterday. How long does it take to change one of your videos to another language? Do you plan to do many of your videos? I'm just trying to decide if I want to try it and when I have the option. Um, so for me, yeah. So what I'm going to do is, um, is I'm going to take my videos that have performed well, like the ones that have performed well recently, um, and the ones that I think that if a new content creator were to see these, regardless of, you know, where they're seeing them at that they'd respond to them and i would use the you know the people that have already responded to you know find that um and i'm going to uh, i'm going to add the dubs to all of those um and the reason that i'm doing those first instead of just doing it on like a new video um is because those are proven performers so i just want to make sure that i'm you know getting it out there with stuff that people have already you know already responded well to um, and with that, um, I'm going to do, um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do all 15 languages or not. Um, I'll probably start with five to 10 and then start building onto it, you know, from there based on the response that I see, um, in terms of how long does it take to change it? So when you drop your link into that service, into uh, ditto dubbing.com, when you drop your link into that, um, it will start right away. And then they're going to send you an email once it's all been ingested, and then it's going to, um, ask you to verify it. So when you verify it, basically it's saying that, hey, you know, we've got this process. So just confirm that you, you know, want this, you know, done. And then you click on that and then you can go do whatever you want and you can come back in like a few hours and then you're going to have, uh, you know, all of the different languages that you chose. Um, all of those are going to be ready for you to download and then add them to your videos. When it comes to adding them to your videos, what I recommend, what I'm doing with the ones that I'm doing is I'm saving the audio file into a folder that is named the same thing the video is. Um, and then that way it just makes it really easy. So when I go to upload the files, I'll start it with the actual language and then by default their system will give you the title of the video at the end of it so uh so basically what i'll do is i'll just type in the language as i'm downloading it and then i'll put it in that folder and then from there when i go to add it to the video then i'll be uh clicking on into that folder and then just uploading them one by one from there i'm a whole fixer that's what i do yep what what was what happened what was the uh... um i don't know why Probably because I was messing with this earlier, but mm -hmm. um, there was just a little gap over there mm. between the two, like underneath where the phone matches. And mm -hmm. It was just like a showing the blue light. Oh, okay. And it was just really distracting. Oh, okay. People were talking about it. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Little black uh, gaff tape took care of it. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Yep. So next up on our list here, we've got uh, PNB's Wide World of Ports. Love the play on words there. They do a cruising travel vlog. The goal of the channel is to show how much fun a cruise vacation can be and eventually be monetized. Question. I used the KineMaster editing app and got a false copyright claim on a track from the KineMaster library. After disputing it, it was upheld, but after appealing it, it was finally dropped. This is a song that I'd used in all of my long form videos, the similar song that claimed a copyright obviously copied the KineMaster song. My question is, if I continue to use the KineMaster song, will it likely continue to be flagged by YouTube bots as copyrighted? D, I'm gonna, I know that you have very strong opinions on the apps and the music, so uh, let it rip. KineMaster's a great app. I made a video in the middle, like when the world shut down, mm -hmm. probably a few months into it, yep. telling people, stop using the music that comes inside of the video editing apps. Mm -hmm. Copyright free, it's royalty free, you can use the music, stop using that music, find another place to get your music because a lot of, the, there's licensing issues, some of the artists that have given some of the apps tracks have changed their licensing, 
So I would say this, and I don't know about your specific track, but if you've had one copyright problem on YouTube, there's a high probability you're going to continue to have problems. And in theory, if they want to, they can go back across your entire library for every song you've ever used or every video you've ever used that song on. And you can have copyright problems there. And they don't have to release that. Um, they can uphold that. So I would say get your music from someplace else. Yep. Don't use the music that comes inside of the apps, even if they say you can use it. Yep. I got a whole video on it on my channel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go check out that video. Jason, yep. painfully honest tech in the house is gone, dude. Hope you are doing great. Jake, nice Jake. to see you in here. Yep. Gaff tape, gaff tape fixes everything. It does. does. It, it really does. Hey, and really quick, uh, while we're here, um, I'm not sure how many people here are from the UK. If you are from the UK, just say UK um, in the chat. Um, the reason I'm asking this is because uh, in May, at the end of May, I'm going to be speaking at a uh, conference in the UK. And that conference is the uh, the first one like this um, over there. So we got some UK in the house. Okay, love it. So um, uh, there, let's see here. So this is happening on May 23rd in Birmingham, UK. Um, but it's a small conference, and uh, basically this is going to be the first one. But I'm going to be presenting there. Um, you know, uh, uh, there's you know a, there's a nice handful of other you know successful content creators and marketers and stuff like that. They're going to be presenting there too. But it's all around using video, and you know mine is going to be about you know monetization. So if you are in the UK, um, if you want to meet up, um, if you want to you know learn um, at tea. that particular event, have some tea. Yep, have some tea. Then in that case, um, just go. To tubefest.live and um and you'll see the information there but i encourage you to come and hang out because it's going to be it's going to be a good time and it's just one day so um so you know if you have that day that you can spare then uh come over and, and, and hang out yeah it's far from me too i'm in thailand but you know but i'm heading over there just to support it because it's new you know and i know the, matt the, uh the uk is not new no 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 the conference is new okay yeah and i know matt the, who's the guy that's running the conference you're, so because you're like of that all our questions guy now yeah. <laughs> i just wanted to let you know the uk is not new. right thank you right. Yeah. thanks just in case that. you didn't know yeah thank you yeah <laughs> just get, making that clear uh, evil empire gaming says no. all incorrect i still got copyright yeah listen here's the thing uh, <laughs> he followed that up there. Okay, content yeah. ID on YouTube is an—it's a minefield. Just be careful when you're using music. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we got Magic Mitch. Love the channel are name. Gonna, are you gonna have tea over there? Um, I—if that's a thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So those of yeah. you in the UK, uh, water. I have coffee would probably be the, well, the 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 thing I would prefer, tea. but I'm down for tea. Tea. I'm you know, just, sure it's just so I can be like, oh yeah, let me let me cup, like let me cuppa. get into the culture a Take little bit. Yeah. Uh, for those of you in the UK, what are three things that he absolutely needs to do while he's there? Like like drink tea, or I don't know, visit someplace. Yeah, I'll be hanging out with Danielle too. So uh, so I'm sure you know she's she's well versed in in UK. Yeah. Shark Scrapper says, am I going to translate my presentation from American to English? You know, since I'm uh, going to be over in the UK. Yeah, maybe. Oh, that's right. You're maybe. going over there where people speak like proper like English. Proper, yeah. They're going to be like, off the stage, hillbilly. Right? Hey, did you bring your... Yeah, I can't, yeah. I'm not even going to say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Who let the yank in here? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, love it. All right, so here we go. So uh, okay, I don't know sealed. what this means, but this sounds... To okay, go to Kensington Place and have a tea at the Orangery. Okay. That's it. We'll just take that as an okay. Yeah. I'll throw that into Google Translate after the stream and try yeah, to figure yeah, out what yeah, that yeah. means. Yes. 
So uh, Seal of Snipes, thanks for the super chat, says, um, question, is ditto dubbing the same thing as multi-language tool that creators have access to? Um, also, will this multi-language tool be a paid feature like ditto dubbing, regardless to say I'm confused? Okay, so let me show you real quick. So um, what happened or what's in the process of happening is YouTube is giving um, channels uh, a language section. So with this particular language set, what language section, it used to just be subtitles. And the reason it was subtitles before is because there you could go and you could translate your subtitles. You could also uh, translate um, like your titles and your descriptions, all that stuff. But now they've added the audio dubbing. So with this particular feature, what it does is it's, it's creating the audio for you from your videos. And then you're gonna be able to go into this particular area and then you're gonna translate the other stuff anyway um, uh, in terms of your you know captions and your title and all that um, but when it comes to the dubbing then you would just upload that dub right here into this area and then how that works is when let's say that i was um consuming youtube in spanish well if your video gets presented to me and then the the title itself is in spanish and then i click on that because it's something you know of interest to me then in that particular case by default because i'm watching content in spanish i'm going to hear the spanish audio so i'm not going to hear you know if you speak in english in your videos i'm not going to hear that version it's going to default me to spanish so it's going to be a seamless experience it already is a seamless experience for the people that are you know doing this currently or consuming content that way currently but uh but basically as soon as they go into the video they're getting it in their native language so they can just sit back and enjoy the content so uh it's really cool really cool thing and what's what's going to be interesting currently um dome house says that it's only available to people that are established so currently um, um i'm not sure exactly who has it um, but i do know some other people that have it and they are also established channels um, but basically it's testing right now and then this is going to be rolling out to everybody um, so because of that this is definitely something that uh you know that everybody's going to have access to um and and renee ritchie youtube's creator liaison hey, is also renee. here right now um, he says, is it apparent enough to you that you have multi-language audio on your account? Oh, asking me. So I saw it um, and with it, just to you know, pull it up on screen again. So with me, when I saw the language option, so you know, I was used to seeing subtitles and then I was like, huh, language, let's click on that. And then I clicked on that and went in there. It wasn't blatantly obvious for me. It's just that I happened to notice the difference. Um, so because of that, um, you know, I would say that it wasn't crystal clear outside of going in and just adding some, you know, meta, you know, descriptions and that stuff. Um, but in terms of it being like, hey, you now have this available on your channel that that I didn't get any like notification for it or any other, you know, um, uh, alert that that I had it available. So it would definitely be, I think, for other creators, I think it would without question be um, helpful if there was some type of clear like, hey, congratulations, now you have this, right? So then that way it makes it like a thing, not just like, oh, hey, we introduced this new feature, but like, hey, congratulations, you have this now. Because I think as people are talking about this more, as you're rolling it out more, um, I think what's, you know, people are gonna be waiting for it. They're gonna be like, oh gosh, I can't wait until I get this feature. Yeah. So dropping it as like a, hey, congratulations, now you have it. Then it's like, sweet, you know, and, and, and it becomes, in my opinion, that just feels better than like, you know, now we have this new feature that you can use, right? Um, so having some type of notification like that, I think would be great. Did you hear that? Um, what? No, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> What'd you hear? What, what is it? What's going on? You don't hear that? Nope. I hear a fan. 
That's what I hear. Somebody's like, so, somebody's like raging. Oh, he says, um, it's, in, it's incredibly wow. resource intense right now. Um, so we're testing with people who have the resources. We're hoping to make it more accessible to everyone later this year. Yeah. Nice. Later this year. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, so that's a good timeline. So, um, yeah. So, uh, in that particular case, yeah, that's a, that's a win. Yeah. We've got a party upstairs. Do it. Nice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't even hear it. Yeah. Oh, I, I stopped, but I, as soon as oh. I say, can you hear it? That's how it works. Yeah. You hear right? that and then they They're stop. Like, shh, 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 shh. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Next up on the and and thanks for mentioning that it's that everybody should have it you know um, uh, later this year because then that gives me because I've I've gotten that question a lot since yesterday so uh, so now I have like a clear you know a, a clear thing that I can let people know as that's coming out. So uh, next up, we've got Jay's Place. Uh, Jay's Place uh, uploads when they have time. Uh, they do random stuff on the channel. The goal of the channel is to get subscribers, and the question is, um, how can I make and sell merch? So. When it comes to making and selling merch, Oriental Pearl, thank you. Glad that you're enjoying the content. She's in Japan. Oh. Oriental Pearl, yep. Yeah. So, uh, so right. practically neighbors, you know, because yeah. we're in Thailand. Where, where so, are you yeah, at practically in Japan? neighbors. We were in Japan a couple months ago. I'm actually going here uh, next month. Are you? Yep. Yeah. So, um, what part are you going to? Um, uh, Tokyo. Are you? Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you yep. meeting somebody over there? Um, taking Fong over there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Got to go. Okay. Yep. So, um, uh, the question is, how can I make and sell merch? So when it comes to making merch, um, you can get all kinds of like apps to where you can, you know, make designs on your phone. You can use sources like Canva where you can design stuff in there. Um, technically, you know, TubeSpanner also has like a design tool in that if you're a TubeSpanner user already. Um, uh, there's, there's tons of graphic resources out there. Um, so basically step one is you need to make a design. That design needs to be on a transparent background so that you can export it as a PNG. And then there's just the focus on the design itself. So let's say for example, unless you want the background to be part of the design, but if you make the background part of the design, then what's gonna happen is you're gonna get like a square behind the actual design. So you gotta make sure that it's transparent. Um, and then you go to spreadshop.com or another service like them, and you upload the design there and then you let their system know okay i want it on coffee mugs t-shirts hoodies you know whatever um and then you can pick the colors and all of those things and then from there you can for free create a store within Spreadshop or the other services and when you create that store um, then you can grab a link from that and then you put it down in your description once you cross the threshold for it um, then you can actually connect your youtube account to Spreadshop. and i think there's a couple other services that they connect to also i think teespring might be one um, but basically you connect your youtube account to those and then that way they show up underneath your videos too um, if, if you choose that particular option but basically creating them and getting it all set up and getting it ready to roll all of that is um, all of that is free for you bill dubay what's going on dude hope you're doing great says new program one take uh will morph face two should upload to the same or open other channels new program one take well, more face two. Should I upload the same or open other channels? I don't. Do you understand that? I don't fully understand the question, Bill. One take. Um, but if you are like, here's what you want to think about: face. is one. Here to see if I can figure if out the is. content that I'm publishing to the the channel, um, if I'm targeting a very specific type of viewer, this new content will it make sense to them? In terms of like morphing faces and stuff like that, I would only use. I mean. 
be creative, do whatever you like. Um, but if it was me, I would only use that in situations to where I was using it for some type of effect. I wouldn't like do a whole video with like a more face or anything like that. Um, unless, you know, you are, oh, this is on translation to other languages. Yeah, are you talking I'm, about I'm one sure. take dot AI? Yeah, I'm is that sure. what you're looking at? So I'm looking I'm at a website sure. right now. That um, says it'll more face too and should upload the same or other channels. Yeah, so is basically the the in a nutshell, when it comes to deciding on the content to upload to your channel, um, if you should do the same channel or another channel, just think: is this new content going to be uh, relevant to the people that are interacting with my current content? If the answer is yes, is it going to be something that they also care about? Then in that case, uploading to the same channel is fine. Um, but if you're like, yeah, this is a little bit outside of what I normally do, then in that case, if you don't think it's a good fit for that, you know, for the target audience that you're trying to reach with the current channel, then in that case, I would I would do a different. Oh. Channel. For it. He might be talking about how it's changing because this says um, when the videos are translated to multiple languages, his face is reanimated to oh, speak the to new speak language. language. Oh, okay. So with that, because um, through the audio dubs, um, you don't have the option to also upload a video. So it's the audio that they get when they come in. So if in that particular case, if, if you're doing it, yeah, I got it. New channel. Yeah, if you're if you're doing it that way, where your mouth is also morphing to it, then in that case, you need to start a new channel for that. Um, because if you publish that to your regular channel, then you're going to be speaking a different language on your main channel, um, or you know your current channel. You're going to be speaking a different language there, which you definitely don't want to do um, in terms of like, hey. Here's a entire video in this language uh, because then your regular viewers won't respond well to that. So absolutely, if you're going to do the mouth morphing thing, then I would put that on a new channel. Hey, David, Next glad you can make it up on our list. We've That's got crazy that they can even do that. Dude, this stuff is out of control. You know, we, we were talking today about Sora? Sora. Yeah, we were talking about that today. Yeah, like like this AI stuff is just absolute bonkers. Like it, like we have the the video dubbing that's happening, we have the audio dubbing that's happening, we have it to where it'll change your mouths when you talk. We've got Sora, which is going to be uh, just I, incredible for B roll. I'm so looking forward to to getting access to that. But yeah, you, I mean it's absolutely crazy. In how terms do you think they're going to charge available. for Sora? You think it's going to charge by the minute, or do you think it's going to sure. be like? I know like Pika Labs, yeah. um, you pay a monthly fee and you can just crush it as out. As much as you want. Yep. Um, they might have limits on it, but I've never reached them. Um, same thing with like Runway. With Runway, they actually do, if I remember correctly, they do have a minute count um, on yeah. Runway. So it's yeah. kind of like a minute credit type of thing. Um, so there, you know, there is that. Um, but yeah, th this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be super looking forward to all this stuff yeah learn spanish world says ai is going to change everything we're in the middle of a technological revolution yeah, yeah no i agree yeah and i think we're just scratching the surface yep. of entering the technological revolution yeah i think if we revisit this conversation in like two years maybe even three i think everyone's workflow of how they're making content is going to be completely different yeah in terms of like just how we edit videos totally. how we're translating yep. probably how we make thumbnails how we yep. generate title like i i i think probably in a couple of years or maybe less mm -hmm. everybody our workflow is going to be completely different no yep. I'm, I'm predicting and if now. we go outside of that yeah you know you know how elon musk is making robots yeah so uh today i saw that uh, Jeff Bezos and uh, some other people just invested into OpenAI. Hey, Nikki. And OpenAI is also going to start making robots. Are they? Yep. So now wow. we're going to have, just like they're competing with that whole, like, hey, let's, who can get our rockets into space thing. Um, now they're also going to be competing with, like, hey, let's get our robots out there and, you know, 
do that whole thing. So we were, so in yeah, the- like it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's super fun. Like I'm so excited for the future yeah. and just like slowly watching this stuff roll out. Cause as it rolls out, it, it gets normal. We were talking about that earlier. We today. had this conversation. Yeah, earlier so today. like when all yeah. this stuff first hit, right. You have like these AI videos and it's like, Oh my gosh, it can do this and do this. And now it's like, Oh, well, Hey, that's probably AI. And, and you're just kind of used to it now. You're used to seeing it. So uh, yeah, like as this stuff gets more intense, it's going to be really, uh, really interesting. So R- Renee brings up a point. So Renee says it could give every creator the capacity of industrial lights and magic totally. or wedding workshops. So yep. it's like a professional Hollywood yep. level. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the smartphone and access from the phone to the internet gave everyone on the planet a voice who has access to even a beat up phone, right? Just some broken Android phone. As yep. long as you can record something and as long as you can connect it to the internet or connect it to a computer that can get it up to the internet, yep. it, it literally gave almost everyone in the, almost everyone in the world a voice. Yep. And now it's going to give everyone the ability to make pretty much anything that they can conceive of. The best storytellers you, are going to win in such major ways. Yeah. Yeah. If you can can dream it, if you can imagine it, and if you can take that, whatever it is that you imagine, and learn how to articulate it in the correct prompt mm-hmm. to get AI to create it, yep. you're going to be able to make anything. Right. And I think, I mean, in addition to B-roll, of course, but I just think for like faceless channels, just, you know, just help the explainers. Right. Right. Instead of going to, and I mean, sorry, Shutterstock or whoever's out there, Adobe Stock, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the gigs up guys right <laughs> like, right you, a lot of you guys are gonna have you know it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they transition yeah uh, they'll probably just ha- ingest it all yeah they'll be like all right we got to hire a bunch of people to just sit there and make these all day yeah so yeah. instead of going to adobe stock and saying okay i want a picture of a female hand writing in cursive mm-hmm. you could be very specific to where s- then you got to go and like hunt it down right you're gonna hunt it down no 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 800 versions to choose from right you'll be able to type in uh five second clip yep. overhead shot cinematic yep. female hand writing in cursive this she, camera this lens this on the camera, camera this lens this focal and this length. is what she's yep. writing yep this is what she's writing yep. and this is the language she's writing it in yep. boom go yep and then you're gonna have it yep. like yeah, that's it's just gonna, it's, yeah it's it, gonna be yeah. incredible i mean they're, they're, they're i mean that's already what they're doing it's just yeah. not open to the public yet yep yeah, Renee says, re- regenerate Star Wars epi- uh, sequels as if written by uh, Kazdan and director uh, directed by uh, Kirshner, Empire Strikes Back team. Yeah. Nice. It, yeah, it's going to get wild. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay, we had this conversation earlier today. If you are just getting started and you're at that stage where like, yeah, I'm just, still trying to figure out how to make my first video or all this stuff is really overwhelming, you're going to get overwhelmed by AI Yeah. Um, at first. But, but as, as everything goes, though, fortunately, a lot of the AI stuff is pretty easy to use. It is. Yeah. But don't unless let, you get like stable diffusion and right. things like don't, that. Don't let it overwhelm you. Yeah. Embrace it and yep. understand that this is where it's going and yep. learn how to it's use all tools, it. Just like learn, all the other tools we use. Yep. Learn how to use it as a tool. Don't let it overwhelm you and stop you from making anything. Yep. Use it as a tool to expand your creativity. Yep. Absolutely. You but yeah, chat. like like the best storytellers, like they're going to be able to just make amazing stuff. Like, you know, like yeah. like imagine logging onto YouTube and watching like a full blown sci fi series. Yeah, that's just made and it looks and sounds and yeah. everything about it is just like something that you would watch in the theater, all created by AI. Yeah, yeah, like that's right around the corner. 
Yeah. There's probably people working on it right now, yeah. actually. I know like sometimes I'll send messages to D because I'm in some of the AI video uh, groups on Reddit or subreddits. And some of the stuff that people are making in there, just like movie trailers and things like that for just concepts that they have, like they're already just making amazing <laughs> stuff. So yeah, it's it's crazy. Prompt, generate D's play button as if it was never replaced. <laughs> oh, love it. Absolutely love it. Oh my goodness. Dream Builder 21 says, um, you can talk to AI characters now. Yeah, they, they have that um, also in apps. And yeah, like it's, yeah, it, yeah. crazy. Absolutely Again, crazy. I, in... You know, people thought it was going to take, and I don't know if you, if everyone in here has seen the video examples from Sora that are being posted on. You can follow Sam Altman uh, mm -hmm. on Twitter or X to see a lot of the stuff that they're doing. If you haven't seen it yet, some of the video footage is as realistic. I mean, unless you're in there just counting, analyzing pictures. it, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 like just at a glance, you can no longer tell if it's fake or not. Unless right. you're in there counting pixels and you're looking for imperfections. Right. Uh, you're not going to be able to tell yeah. and then give it like give, if it was mixed in like some yeah. of their shots if it was mixed in with regular footage you would be like you, you wouldn't would, even notice yeah 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 but but give it a year give it yep. two years give it three years mm -hmm. and let all of that can integrate into all the tools we currently use it's yep. going to be one hold on buckle up is what i'm trying to say yep it's about to get cool actually it is i mean it's already really awesome cool. yeah but i think just our tool chest for our creativity is about to oh, just gonna be nuts. go through there imagine and i know we're getting back to the questions yeah imagine okay there are people in this chat right now that grew up in a world without the internet mm -hmm. right yeah imagine the generations that are coming up who only know ai right imagine the stuff that they're going to create yeah and the ideas that that's going to spawn for them right for advancement yeah, yeah. i mean it's either going to be incredible or i'm going to be happy to check out right one of the two <laughs> yeah like it's like well hey looks like it's about that time you know i'm old enough <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm rooting for skynet or a meteor whichever <laughs> one comes first <laughs> ron says me no internet growing up yeah, yeah okay. me too okay. yeah like uh if you grew up without the internet type in me in the chat i'm just yep. kind of curious where, where, where we stand here yep yeah <laughs> so yeah like um i remember um jason um his dad yeah uh because he worked in tech yeah so um i remember him showing what was it called um it was like the first online prodigy i think it was prodigy yeah and like uh with that you could do online shopping yeah and uh that i was in high school for mm. so yeah like it's yeah it's absolutely crazy yeah but i mean i wasn't like into it though it was just like oh hey that's neat you mean there's people like elsewhere that are just posting this stuff and then you're able to like well, buy it okay so we're nick and i are four years apart mm -hmm. so what was the class called architecture class what was it called architectural drafting architectural drafting yeah so my class going through architectural drafting it was still done on paper mm -hmm you came right behind and you guys were on computers yeah we were yeah that's we were learning autocad and, you were learning autocad yep. so just that just that little we bit did of paper it, too though yeah, yeah we that's only part had of the paper, skill set but yeah. we only had paper mm. that computer hadn't caught up yet oh yeah nice so it just like just it, it's not long behind yeah yeah it's, it's wild crazy. man absolutely yeah. crazy how fast things are evolving so to get us back on track here really quick um let's get into some more uh questions loving that conversation though yeah um so uh yeah we got CompuServe here with uh amy and uh renee also mentioned CompuServe too yeah good stuff <laughs> evil empire gaming says oh my god are we a vibe now we're a vibe yep we're a vibe we are yeah, we are so uh super uh green <laughs> luigi love the channel name says they do gaming content the goal of the channel is to build a brand and grow my audience as fast as possible question is hey i'm going over the analytics on my accounts and i tried looking into how uh unique viewers work i've been getting lots of unique views compared to returning viewers and regular views can you explain how regular views um viewers differentiate from uh returning viewers and unique viewers 
Yeah, so basically, um, when it comes to unique viewers, it's people that um, that haven't, like, res like it's their first time seeing the content. When it comes to uh, regular viewers, like, people can watch a video more than once, right? So, like, when it's unique viewers, it's just like, hey, that's it. Um, when it comes to the um, returning viewers, those are people that have interacted with the content in the past and they've come back to you know interact with the content again um and then the new viewers are people that um that are you know seeing the content for the first time also so that's the difference between all of those next up we've got yeah what you want to look for there just a heads up you want to look for a balance of the two so um like when it comes to unique versus or when it comes to Returning viewers versus new viewers. Returning viewers are, um, it basically shows you like how engaged people are and what it is that you're doing, right? Like they're getting a lot of value out of your content. Therefore, they keep coming back and watching your content, you know, when you publish new videos. And that's where you get just hyper engaged crowds that are really into the content creator and the content and all that stuff. The new viewers pushes you into new people that can subscribe to the channel that can then become returning viewers. So if you're only getting returning viewers and you're not getting in front of many new people, then in that particular case you need to you know work on that side of things if you are only getting new people but people aren't coming back then in that case you got to start you know working on okay what can i do to get people to come back right is everything that i'm making in alignment for you know like a certain group of people based on the things that they care about so uh let's see here really quick we had a super chat come in um says uh this is traveling with brian thanks for the super chat brian says uh my third long form video just hit ten thousand views congratulations to you high five and fist bump says um woohoo nick and d are um right a new channel can get views if you create content that an audience may enjoy never doubt a nimmin yeah like that's the thing you know like there's a lot of new content creators and especially like if if you hang out in like facebook communities and subreddits and discords where a lot of new content creators hang out one of the things that you're going to see a lot and i i encourage you to just ignore this stuff when you see it one of the things that you're going to see is you're going to see people saying things like you know youtube doesn't you know show your content to people unless you you know reach certain milestones um or they'll say you know if you're a new channel then you know youtube doesn't show your videos to people and like all kinds of weird things like that but at the end of the day you can prove those people wrong by going in and looking at the impressions of your video on your videos. And those impressions are proof that YouTube is showing your content to people. And then from there, how they're reacting to it is actually up to you and it falls back in your court. So when people are saying those types of things, one of the things that is happening is they're looking for reasons other than themselves that their content is not performing well. So, you know, like when you publish a video and, and we're all this way, when you publish a video and that video doesn't do well, you know, you're like, oh man, this sucks. Why didn't it do well? And then from there, you have some choices to make. And that choice is, do I say that YouTube is against me and blame YouTube and blame the algorithm and you know, all that stuff? Or do I turn it back on myself and say, well, compared to all the content that I'm competing with on YouTube, is my content like really good? Is it really competitive? Um, if I look in my stats, if I look at my analytics, like are my videos the best that they can be? Um, yes or no. Maybe they're the best that they can be with your current ability, but they're not the best that they can be, right? So like when you turn that spotlight back on yourself, then it forces you to make a change and forces you to start asking the right questions versus just blaming YouTube and then just kind of offloading the blame, so to speak. Like we were having a conversation in here earlier today where uh, somebody was mentioning that, you know, they believe that YouTube has uh, through bots and all that stuff, that they have pretty much like an on and off switch for channels or, or videos. And the thing there is in that particular case, when you are blaming things like that, 
what you're doing is you're just saying like, okay, I refuse to take responsibility for the performance of my content. And that's okay. Like if you're a hobbyist or something like that in that particular case, and you're not trying to like really, you know, get like real results, then you can keep doing the thing that you're doing, even if it's not getting the results that you're after, but you can't blame YouTube for that. Right. So, you know, like me, in my case, I, I, without question, I can make better videos. Right. But I don't always do that. Sometimes I just put content together and I'm lazy and I'll, questionable. You know, and I'll get it out. Right. And I'll get it out and I'll be like, you know, this is just something that I want to put out there. This is, you know, a feature that was, you know, put out. So I just want to put it out there and just let people know it's available or how it works or whatever the thing is. And with those types of things, even with those videos, yeah, I could, I could do better if I spend more time on them and, you know, things like that. So when it comes to, you know, your videos underperforming, it, it always comes down to the decisions that we make as content creators, right? Every now and then there's other things. Like let's say for example, there's some, you know, catastrophic event that happens somewhere and it's drawing everybody's attention. There's not as many people there, you know, on the platform or something like that. There are things like that. But in terms of, you know, it it being a continuous thing, like every time I publish something, it doesn't get very far, you gotta turn the spotlight back on yourself. And it sucks. Because as, as creatives, we want to just make stuff and we want people to enjoy it the same way that we do. But when we're making content for other people, we have to learn how to make content that other people can also enjoy while we, you know, enjoy it as well. You've got some super chats. Um, let's see here. Tube Spanner in the house. What's going on, Danielle? Hey, Hope that you were on Fantastic. Says, never mind the internet. Um, I'm so old that when I was young, rainbows were in black and white. <laughs> that's like that's like uh, the Wizard of Oz almost. Right? right? Yeah, that's great. Love it. Absolutely love it. Bill Dubay says, um, we can only blame the man in the mirror. Absolutely. Without question. Oregon Trees Gaming says, hey, Dean, uh, Nick, hope you guys hey. are doing well. What's going on? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Also, thanks for your support over the last six months. Super appreciate it. Hope you're doing well up in Oregon in the trees. Yep. Playing your games. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that paints a picture of like a tree house. Yeah. Right? Listen, if you're not in a tree house playing games up in Oregon, I am severely disappointed. Right. Right. So put that out there. Yeah. And, and Chad, really quick, he says, um, I think you're giving uh, too much credit to YouTube as if it's great at getting content in front of the right audience, etc. They are spectacular. They, they've built Listen. a gigantic company out of being able to get the right content in front of the right people. They absolutely know how to get the right content Listen. in front of the right people. Nick is very like he's on team YouTube. I'm a lot more pessimistic than he is. And I, I'm hard on YouTube. But I will say this. YouTube is really good at yeah. getting content in front in front of the right audience yeah. do they get it right every time no of course not right do they but that's what testing is for do they recommend right. my own content to me sometimes sure yes they do yep. but guess what that 98 percent of the time eh, that 95 percent of the time they nail it and 95 percent, even 80 percent yeah like, that's incredible yeah that's absolutely incredible I'll, even, I'll if, you, even if even if it was running I'll at 80 percent, that's incredible youtube is better at getting the right content in front of me than netflix is at recommending right <laughs> movies for me to watch right right, like, right. Uh, yeah i can usually now, i'll say this though youtube sometimes has periods where i'm just like no there's the garbage 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 mm -hmm. but i uh, because i understand how youtube works i understand that they're testing yep. they're testing this sort of content on me Sometimes they get it wrong, sure, right. but I would say they get it right a lot more times. Right. It, it, but it, and if you just think about it at scale, think about how many uh, Renee, how many people, how many users on YouTube worldwide? So, yeah, it's over two billion. Yeah, over two billion. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. 
right? And, and that's what YouTube basically is, right? It's, it's a system of prediction. The YouTube algorithm is trying to predict algorithms. That and that's logged in, logged in by the way. Right, that's logged, logged in. in. There's more users, but that's logged They're in. They're trying to predict what the viewer wants to watch yep. and then what they want to watch next. Mm -hmm. They're really good at it. Yeah. They're really good at they it. Are. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, the more you interact with certain types of content, the better it gets. Right. So. So the review channel says um, they're they almost they're almost at eleven thousand subscribers. Congratulations hey, to you congratulations. for that nice work. Oh, Love where's it. Doug at? Did Doug hit ten k? Not sure. Pull him up. I'm, I'm gonna find out. Yeah. CL Snipes says um, thank you for the super chat. Says um, how would you upload a time lapse to YouTube with music? Um, I have a D and D channel and I took a time lapse setup a video. Any suggestions? So if you're just uploading it to music, then in that particular case, um, all you would do is just find the track that you want to use for it, drop it into editing software, put that track, you know, uh, put the audio to the time lapse, render it all out, and then you know upload it there. Um, keep in mind that you know your D and D channel. Um, if somebody is coming to your channel to watch D and D content, I'm not 100% sure how much that time lapse content would be of value to them because it's in that case it's just like, hey, here's a time lapse of us playing or whatever the time lapse is with some music playing. So because of that, some might find it interesting. Maybe I mean you might want to experiment with it. Um, but if they come to you specifically to watch you play like games where they can hear you talking and things like that, um, then in that case that may not be the best fit but you know give it a shot you know that's the fun thing about experimenting is you might you know uncover something there but um uh when it comes to that one other way that you can use it is if you are making content you know your normal content and then you are talking about you know you playing the game or you had some friends over and you're playing the game or whatever if that's what the time lapse is about um then using that as like b-roll within the footage um so it's basically extra footage that you would layer on top of it while you're telling the story and then that that imagery of the time lapse would help illustrate the idea that you are explaining in the content doug is so close to ten thousand subscribers uh, 9,940, I'm guessing that's what it is. Nice. So Doug helps YouTubers better understand YouTube so they can make better videos. Yep. Uh, look, Doug's channel is a catch-all yes. for YouTube creators, and he's really fast on breaking YouTube news. Yep. Go over there and subscribe to Doug if you're a YouTuber and you want to stay on top of news, just want yep. to stay on top of new whatever. Yep. Only subscribe if you would watch, you know, more content like that. Um, but he's got 58 subscribers to go until he hits 10,000 subscribers. So uh, first off, Doug, congratulations to you for 10K, my yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in addition to that, if you are a content creator, you want to stay up to date on, you know, what's happening with YouTube. And he also goes deep in terms of explaining the different features and how to use stuff and things like that. Um, so definitely make sure that you do subscribe to him if you would enjoy uh, watching more of that content. Yep. So here's, here's a question. I'm just going to grab one out of the chat. I'm okay, put go. on the screen here. I'm going to let you tackle this one. Okay. Um, Rose says, is YouTube like uh, winning the lottery? When no. you win, you get loads of views and money, but when you don't, you get views, money, and you lose. What are your thoughts on that? No. So this is another this is another thing that uh, another thing that happens a lot in like the new YouTuber communities is, you know, you're going to see and you're going to see people talking about first, they're going to blame YouTube for, you know, them not being able to get views Two, um, you're also going to see people um, saying things like that. Like uh, it's just a total luck of the draw. And that luck of the draw is, you know, like YouTube's just gonna put your content in front of people and uh, they're just gonna either put it in front of a lot of people or they're not and that they just randomly select channels um, to blow up. And that's not the case at all. So uh, what you can do is you can, you know, once you learn how to do this, 
you can make content, you can publish it, and you'll see immediately that you can also get results on that too. Like the, the thing is, is like when you go, like on Reddit, one of the fortunate things that you get to see there is a lot of the content creators will put a link to their YouTube channel and their profiles on Reddit. So when I see this stuff on Reddit, I'll go and I'll look at their channels and 10 times out of 10, the people that are saying that stuff, the content just isn't good content. Like it's yeah. not packaged well, the topics yeah. aren't great. The content that is delivered on the channel is for different audiences or it's just not clear what it even is. Once you click on it, it sounds bad or it looks bad or there's no real flow with it. Like there's no hook, you know, when you go into the video, like all kinds of just general best practice things that they don't do. And, you know, just like anything else, if you're not, if you're not even doing the basics, then in that case, you can't expect can't expect much out of it right so uh so when it comes to it being like a you know luck of the draw getting the ants um, on you absolutely not they get i did now? just get a i did just get, maybe it is a a, a mosquito yeah there could be a mosquito yeah. flying around here yeah looking looking at yeah but uh but yeah it's game. definitely not it's definitely not a lottery but one thing i can tell you though is when you do make good videos uh, when you make good videos and you get yourself to the point to where your your content's competitive within the platform, then in that particular case, it can feel like it's a lottery because then at that point, it's like, wow, this is this video is like really kicking off. And, you know, I'm able to, you know, build a brand around, you know, this video and following up with additional videos that are also good that people respond well to, like um, all the stuff that comes with things going well, that side of it can feel like it. But in terms of, you know, like the system is just going to randomly pick somebody. No, it's the entire thing is a response-based system, right? So the whole idea is the better the response that you get, the better your videos are going to do. And by response, I mean how viewers are interacting with the content. And if you do not have people responding to your content in a positive way, then in that particular case, your videos aren't going to get very far. Um, but if you do have people that are really enjoying the content, then your, you know, your videos are gonna continue to get shown to people over time. So. So there's that. So there's that. Yep. Yeah, here's a little test uh, for everyone in here. If you're, if you're trying to figure out YouTube and why YouTube hates you, here's a little test. Uh, go into your analytics and look at your impressions for any one of your videos. Mm -hmm. If you are getting impressions, YouTube is showing your videos to someone. Doesn't matter how few people there are, they're showing your videos to someone. Yep. And just, and I'm going to simplify this just for, for understanding purposes. If YouTube shows your video to 10 people and the majority of those people either scroll past it or they click in and they quickly click out, those are negative signals that are sent to YouTube and they're not going to be inclined to continue to show that video to new people at that particular time. Right. They might try it again later, but at that particular time, that's going to kill off your video. Yep. But if they're showing it to people and more and more people are sending positive signals, they show it to people, they click and they're watching a decent amount of time, YouTube is going to be inclined to continue to show your video to new people. Yep. And that's going to continue for a period of time as well. So negative signals to YouTube are going to kill off your video at that particular time. Positive signals will keep showing your video to new people for right. a period of time. Uh, the better the video it is, the longer they're going to show it to, the more people they're going to uh, test it on, so on and so forth. So if you are getting impressions, YouTube is doing their job. You just haven't figured out how to do yours yet. Yep. Yet, it all comes into learning how to package everything correctly, the right title, the right the right topics, mm -hmm. right? Just the overall packaging, the right thumbnails. When you figure that out and YouTube can connect that with the right audience, if you've done your job right, you're going to see your impressions 
turn into views, views turn into watch time, subscribers, and that whole momentum ball Preach. gets rolling. Preach. Reach. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing too, just really quick. Um, <clears throat> and that's um, simplified. That, that's a simplified explanation. Just to address Chad really quick. Um, yeah. So I just pulled up his channel. And the last video um, on your channel um, that I looked at, um, so the video is a minute and 32 seconds long. You shot it in vertical format, right? Um, in addition to that, you have this like slant. I don't know if you did this with graphics or whatever, but when you actually click on it, it looks like an error in terms of the video itself. Um, also, the topic of the video is Allison Chains hyphen down in a hole hyphen acoustic guitar. So another thing with that is you got to think one, um, there's probably a gazillion videos on YouTube where people are playing the same exact song. So the competition for this is probably extremely high just in terms of that by itself. Also, you've, you've, you have like shorts here um, as your, you know, as, as a hashtag, but this isn't a YouTube short, right? So like in terms of just best practice stuff here, like there's, there's just a lot of things breaking down here. Like you've, you've got 13,000 subscribers on your channel. So people are responding to some of your stuff. If they're organic, if but, you're not buying them or, or doing sub or sub or anything. But, but he's got 3.7 thousand videos, a lot of it shorts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have people responding to your stuff. So what you got to do, man, is you got to go in and you got to figure out like, okay, um, what is it that people are responding to? So, you know, in your particular case, um, you know, like you have system of a down here that you got 48,000 views on. So in that particular case, if you're not doing it already, I would try to make some more system of a down videos and just see if people respond, you know, to it. Um, in addition to that, you have this green screen thing that you're doing. Some of those have gotten a decent amount of views. Um, but you also have this like black background and things like that. Like I would experiment with all of these different things until you can see if you can find things that people will consistently respond to. Like in your case, it's definitely not a button that's being hit. Um, there's some clear and not just the things that I've talked about, just from what I'm seeing here though, you know, without putting a spot without taking up everybody's time here. Um, uh, there's a lot of just best practice stuff that you're, that you're overlooking. So I would get that stuff in order first. And then from there, start, you know, start building up from that point. So next up on the list, Hey, Ron, Ron's and trains and things. Thanks dude for the super chat says, love the content as always. Mine is a hobby project, how to channel. What are some ways that I can use AI to improve my videos? Great question. So um, the very first one um, that I could think of would be to um, use it to help you come up with uh, just general, you know, like ideas for content um, for, you know, things that you could make videos about if that's something that you are, you know, struggling with in any way. Um, in terms of the videos themselves, hold on, I'm gonna pull up your channel here real quick. Ron's trains and things just so I can see the actual content. Like you can probably make like B roll of trains and, you know, things like that if you need to, um, you know, if it, if it's required to express the idea. Okay. Here. So it's, uh, you know, creating the cornfield for your model railroad layout. Yeah. In your particular case, probably not much outside of maybe some help on the editing side. Um, so I know depending on what you edit with, like I know Adobe Premiere, for example, they have tools that will look for silence in your audio and it'll automatically, you know, cut those types of things out. So you might be able to use something like that. I think Autopod might be the name of it, or at least one of them, um, that can do that sort of thing. Um, 
Yeah, you could probably use ChatGPT um, to workshop your titles. Um, and the thing there is, cause you have, you know, all the YouTube tools have title, the generators in them too. But what you would be looking for is like, okay, um, here, give me 20 different variations of this title. And uh, like, I'll use it this way to where I'm like, okay, give me 20 different versions of this title. And, or I'll say, this is what the video is about and give a very detailed explanation and then ask it to give a title and then have it give me a bunch of variations there. And I use all of that just for input. So the idea is I'm looking for things like, oh, that word is a more, you know, impactful word than the word that I was originally using. So maybe I'm not going to use the whole title, but maybe this word right here is a more, is a stronger word. So I'm going to use that. Um, or it might be able to, you know, make the titles more concise or more clear, more easy to read those types of things, or just give you another idea in terms of a way to present it. Um, in addition to that, another way you can use AI with your content also is you can do fun things like with uh, ChatGPT, like for example, you can sort by popular and then you can screenshot your thumbnails and your titles there and you can ask it, hey, look for similarities in these. Like, is there anything that you think that, uh, you know, like what are some common, you know, things between these thumbnails? Now in your case, it's gonna give you some obvious stuff on your popular ones with like this green panel and those types of things. But if you ask it about the titles themselves, then it might be able to find some type of pattern within your titles that, you know, that people have responded to better there, um, those types of things. So that's, that's those are, both, both of those things are chat GPT based, um, but you could, you know, use it in that way and then possibly on the editing side, depending on how you're putting things together. But off the top of my head, do you have any additional ideas there? I wasn't even listening. I was looking oh, okay. at somebody's channel. Oh, okay. Yeah. Other things too, technically, is if you were um, building this out to where you're like, okay, I'm going to be a really aggressive about growth over the next like 90 days. That would have been a great place to just tell me what the question was. So I could have like what you can do in that case is you can say, okay, um, if I'm going to be aggressive over the next 90 days, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, explain, there's actually a tool for this. It's called uh, Creative Fuel um, that actually connects to your YouTube channel and it actually takes your channel into context when it's giving you information. But when it comes to ChatGPT, you can just use it raw also. But with ChatGPT, um, you can say, okay, um, this is the type of content that I make. These are the people that I'm targeting with this content. This is the amount of content that I can upload in terms of I can only publish once a week or whatever. I can do long form. I can do live streams. I can do shorts, um, but I can only do one live or one long form per week, one live per month, one uh, short per week. Um, put together a content strategy for the next 90 days that will help me accomplish the goal of and then fill in the blank. And then from there, it'll spit out, you know, an idea of videos that you can publish and all of that. And around the goal, tell it that the goal is to get people coming back into the channel and enjoying, you know, more of the same, you know, content from you. And, um, and it'll put together a content strategy. Now with that, you might want to copy and paste it and then drop it into Google Doc or something and then be like, eh, this is probably appropriate. This probably isn't. Or maybe I could make these videos and then people would come back for this. But you'd want to apply your logic of your audience and how you understand the people that you're reaching with your content to it. Um, but you can use it as a great starting point point to build out some of those, you know, processes. Um, I have a video on the StreamYard YouTube channel. It's called uh, something along the lines of like how to use ChatGPT for live streams. Yes, it's targeted towards live streamers, but a lot of the information in there, um, you can also use that for video content as well. So I would definitely check out that video just for some more things that maybe you might be able to use. Because um, some of the things in there about like helping it come up with, you know, interview questions that you would ask a guest. Um, that's one of the things that I have in there. I think another one is about coming up with show themes. Um, in your particular case, you could also do that. So let's say for example, and you know, as an educational channel, this is something that I'm currently working on myself too, is, you know, 
one thing that I try to do is I try to take, you know, all of the ideas around YouTube and I try to break them down into just, you know, easy things. So uh, one thing that I am doing in there is I'm, you know, dropping like lists in there. And I'm like, okay, these are, you know, the things that I talk about. Um, can you just like summarize this for me or make it just easy to understand? Um, and just little things like that to where you can kind of help you explain things in better ways and all of that. So uh, this is uh, answering Ron's question about how can you use AI to improve your videos? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, Ron, mm -hmm. I, do you know why people watch your videos or are they watching you because they like to build train sets with you or are they watching because they want to see your your like you the know, end result the end result yeah do, do you know why the majority of the people are on board um one thing that i would try i mean you could like again i don't know you know the type of trains i don't know if you're doing old stuff or trying to you know modern stuff or whatever but man you could use ai to just create make-believe train sets futuristic train sets you could have it make old you could have it make images and soon very realistic videos of trains that don't even exist yeah um just to like show the audience right you know yeah that's actually you know what i mean like so look so using it not just in the video context but right. like hey how, how can i use this to actually help with the projects right so then it's like okay help you design the track like yeah help yeah. you design the thing that you're yeah, going to make good. yeah i like that help it could design you know engines that don't even exist yet some that's futuristic good. thing um AI is incredibly creative. Uh, when you just start, you just have to learn how to ask it the right questions. And sometimes, you know, like if you're using ChatGTP and it's creating images for you, or even Midjourney, like if you just if you learn how to ask the right questions, sometimes it can come up with some wild, yeah. some wild responses, things that you never even thought of, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh wow, that's I never even thought about. That's that. where the like content I, strategy thing is cool. Yeah, like when you change the goals up. Yeah, it's crazy how it's like, okay, well, these are the videos that you need to make and you did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would first try to identify why the majority of people are watching your videos in the first place and then seeing how you can actually come up with train ideas or set ideas that might not even exist yet. Yeah. You know, those things that it comes up with might inspire you to actually build those things. Yeah. Or you know, recreating train sets recommended by AI yeah. or I, I don't know, something along those lines. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, video, uh, hold on. What is this here? Uh, video man, 2000. Thank you for the super chat. says my channel is seasonal. Thanks for the heads up on that. Doug, um, says my channel is seasonal. Um, shall I adopt my schedule? So if you are doing something like, let's say for example, you are making content around like baseball. Then in that particular case, there's definitely gonna be a heightened interest around that, you know, around baseball season. If you're teaching people how to play baseball, then in that case, you, there's gonna be an interest around that, you know, as you're getting closer to the season, as people are starting to train up for it and stuff. Um, so because of that, you can expect those surges around that time. You can actually go to Google Trends. You can put in the topic, you know, that you do talk about, and you can actually see some of those things. But when it comes to, um, you know, making content for them, you can put out supplemental content. Like you can try to find, you know, other things to talk about related to it. Um, but when it comes to having like an outdoor channel or a sports channel or something like that, to where it's like, hey, it's winter time, I can't make anything. Then in that case, pre-planning some of the content can be helpful, and and making more content that you need than you need during the season so that you can put out the content for the season, but then also during that time that you can make content, 
if this applies, um, make content that you would be able to publish also when you're out of season, but you might need to, you know, modify topics a little bit and things like that, just based on, you know, the interest in the season, because, you know, as an example, like, let's say if you're interested in baseball, then you're probably always interested in baseball, but you're probably just, you know, into the hype of baseball when everything's actually happening, but you might be interested in watching like character breakdowns, you know, in the off season right? Because you're still interested in baseball. So because of that, you know, talking about the character, like, like it's a game, but the, you know, breakdowns of the, you know, players and things like that, um, is also something that you might be able to, you know, um, get into. Um, so that's what I'm doing. It's about traveling to Norway. Most people come in summer. Okay. Yeah. Then in that particular case, um, if you know that, then you can still make those videos and keep in mind when you're making videos on YouTube, the initial performance doesn't, doesn't um, directly impact the long-term performance of the video. Yes, there's view velocity and all that stuff, but once a video settles into YouTube, as long as people are responding well to that video, if it got a bunch of views when you published it or not, as long as people you know responded to it in some way that was positive, then that video, those videos are still going to be shown to people. And as soon as people start getting more interest in that topic, then you know seasonally, then you know those videos you know should rise up as long as people respond well to them. So what you might want to think about is for the downtime that I have during the uh, season when people aren't coming to Norway, I know that when it comes season, people are gonna be looking for all kinds of information around, around Norway. So because of that, when you go into that season, um, then you might wanna, wanna seed a bunch of search-based content where you're solving a bunch of, or you're answering a bunch of questions around traveling to Norway and target all of that content towards YouTube search. And then when you're in the on season, then in that case, that's where you wanna target the recommendation system so that you can, you know, I mean, you can sprinkle it back and forth to where you're like, hey, I'm, these are gonna be for search, these are gonna be for the recommendation system. But basically when, you're, when you take that approach, then what you're doing with the content in the off season is you're publishing on a regular basis still, but you're doing that just for the sake of getting, you know, of targeting those search phrases and search terms around Norway. So that when the season comes and people are looking for information around Norway, you're there. You're in all those spots answering all the questions that people are looking for and they continually run into your channel there. And then the play on the recommendations is that for the people that are looking for that stuff, um, you know, around Norway or that are looking around travel in Norway, things like that. If you publish videos that are targeted more towards the recommendation system, then in that case, what can happen there is YouTube will identify that it's a, something about, you know, Norway and travel to Norway. And for the people that are, you know, already looking around those topics, then it's likely to recommend your content to some of those people as long as they respond to it. So because of that, um, you can do those sorts of things when it comes to off seasons around your content. Doug is only 48 people away from 10,000 subscribers. Woo! Love it, love it, love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, 48. Okay, so your content is mostly search anyway. Yeah, in that particular case, then I would just keep, keep you know, doing your thing um, and keep making that content, you know, targeted towards search and then, uh, you know, just stay in motion, right? And then when that season comes, then, you know, then you can ride those waves as they happen. Suburban Acreage, did I do this one yet? Okay, no, I didn't. Okay, so Suburban Acreage, been on YouTube for one, uh, uh, one year or more. They okay. do DIY tutorials and tool reviews surrounding home ownership and lawn care. The goal of the channel is to share information, build community, and make some money. Question, I have some older videos from a few years ago that continue to get lots of views because they're evergreen and searchable. Ty's Hot Mess History, what's going on? I hope you're doing great. Um, 
looking back on them is hard because I can make better videos now compared to when I was first starting out. Do you have any tips for redoing or remaking older videos? Um, a shot for shot remake with the same title doesn't seem right. So um, if you know you can make better videos now, then in that case, you know, you can absolutely remake videos because when people, especially if you're making like, you know, um, you know, evergreen searchable content, because what's going to happen is when you publish those videos, if people start responding better to them, then in that case, those will probably end up taking the priority as long as people respond better to them. So uh, because of that, it's absolutely perfectly fine to be like, hey, I made this video last year, six months ago, and I can do a way better version of this now um, based on, you know, the new things that I know or, you know, my better, you know, way to communicate or, you know, my better way to put everything together. I know how to edit now and how to tell a better story now, whatever the thing is. Um, you can remake videos, no problem at all. I wouldn't necessarily do shot for shot because then you'd be making the same video, right? But, um, but I would just take the new knowledge that you have and say, okay, this is the topic. How can I make the best possible video here for this topic? and then roll with that. Um, but in terms of going after a same topic, that's perfectly fine. Because not every person that interacts with your channel is watching every video that you publish anyway. Yeah. So Doug Ventures uh, Media, thank you for the super chat, says, um, I changed focus in October and started to get a ton more views, particularly on shorts, um, but it's not converting to subscribers. Is it just time? Thanks. So um, people subscribe to channels for a bunch of different reasons, but one of those is the value that they're getting out of what it is that you're doing. So when it comes to shorts, even though you're getting like, you know, views from those shorts, typically they will drive, you know, more subscribers. Um, but um, you know, it still comes down to the value of what it is that you're doing. So in some cases, like, you know, the content that you're publishing, people might be responding okay to it, but it might be more of like a novelty thing or something like that to where it's like, Hey, I enjoyed this, but if I don't see another one of these, that's perfectly fine too. So when it comes to people subscribing, they're going to subscribe because of the direct value that they're getting out of the content. So you entertained them, you made them laugh in some way, like whatever it is, you taught them something, but you made them want to want more of that content. And that's why people subscribe. All right. Next. So next up on the list. Next up, we got playing the mom game. What's going on? Hope you're doing great. Says um, a very slowly growing channel. The goal of the channel is to um, is income potential and to do something different. The question is, I have a shotgun mic that connects to my phone, which is what I film on. But my audio is then taken all over the place because I move around during filming. Um, I'd like to get a lav mic that is hopefully hidden during filming. Do you have any recommendations for one that is around $100 or less? I'm also intimidated by anything that doesn't connect right to my phone, but I'd be open to that too. Uh, head over to my channel. I have a couple lavalier microphone reviews. You can get, I, I think the cheapest, best sounding lavalier microphone. Boya is, BYM1? It's the Boya BYM1 microphone. Mm -hmm. It has a cable that is ridiculously long. So you're going to want to zip or uh, Velcro that up, but it also doubles. So if you're like on a, you know, six floor building and you need to quickly get off the balcony, you could tie that around something and repel off the, to say like, oh no, it's burning, it's yeah, on fire. Uh, but it sounds great. So I, I have a couple of different microphone reviews over my channel connected to a phone. I think that sounds better than, uh, what's the name of the Rode one? The Rode S, I can't remember. Anyway, sure. Rode makes one. The wireless all, one? No, it's oh, not no. wireless, that's cable. Um, I can't think of the name of the Rotom, but I think the the boy actually sounds better. Go mm. check it out on my channel. I've I've done I've got some comparison reviews on that. Mm. Yeah, the Boya BYM1. Bang for the buck, I think that's yeah, that's the winner. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's not like perfect, but I mean, it's really good. I have a bunch really of different good. lavalier microphones in here that I connect to the phone. And when I, I've, test, I've tested a lot of them mm-hmm. around that budget. Uh, and when I have to grab one, that's what I, I still grab that one. Yeah. Yeah. Agent KCG. Smart Love Plus. Thank you, Doug. Welcome to the Nimenati. Next time you get the chance, uh, go to nimenvip.com. I put the address up on the uh, screen right here so you can see that. But go to nimenvip.com. It's going to redirect you to our members-only Facebook group if that's something that you're interested in. Um, in addition to that, we also have a Discord that's free to everybody. Like Anybody can go into the Discord. But within that, there is a locked-off members-only area as well. So you also get access to that also if you are into uh, Discord. So if you can do that, um, if you can submit to that today, then... Um, or before the stream is over, then I can add you into the Facebook group as soon as the stream is done. I will say this about the Boya products. Try to find an authorized dealer to buy Boya because there are a lot of fakes. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's a huge problem. Oh, it, I didn't it's know such that. a problem that they now are putting QR codes in the boxes for people to scan. Oh, wow. To verify that it's real. I didn't know that. But, but yeah, but I wouldn't even trust that that's even... You try to find a trustworthy shop. Just hmm. don't walk into some little tiny phone shop uh, try to find somebody reputable for buying this sort of mm. thing. Oh yeah, dude, they're copying everything, man. Yeah. Although, yeah, road sure all of them. Yeah, it's crazy. But Boya's got it bad. Blake Cards next on the list. Uh, they upload, or they've been on YouTube for a year or more. Uh, by the way, just really quick reminder: if you do have a question, make sure you put it in the form down in the description below. We answer them in the order that they come in. Um, so make sure that you do get it uh, down into that uh, form. But the uh, type of channel is my brother and I open and review football cards. The goal of the channel is to get monetized. And the question is, um, hey, Nick, in clone version D, um, can you go over the pros and cons (laughs) of YouTube memberships versus Patreon? And Nick, why do you choose YouTube memberships over Patreon? Um, I'm a big fan of ease of use. So um, because of that, here's here's an advantage of YouTube memberships. One, um, the people are already on YouTube when you are mentioning the membership, so they don't have to go anywhere. Um, people are familiar with YouTube. A lot of people don't even know what Patreon is. So as a creator, you yeah. do, and, and a lot of viewers do, like the people that are really engaged you know, on YouTube, they do. But like the general public doesn't know what Patreon is, and they don't know if they can trust it or not. When it comes to YouTube, people know YouTube. They know, you know that they can you know, pay for it. They don't have to worry about their cards getting, you know, compromise anything weird like that so um so it's just that sense of security in addition to that you can deliver content directly onto youtube um there's also some built-in perks for members on youtube and that kind of stuff too which is a win so all of those things are great when it comes to uh when it comes to youtube um some of the things you can do is you can upload members only videos you can have members only live streams you can have members only community posts and when people are already on youtube they can see that stuff but when it comes to patreon the downside of that is that people have to leave youtube in order to go consume content over there or get whatever it is that you're offering in exchange for your membership um the win of patreon is that you're not putting all of your eggs into the youtube basket that's a huge win because let's say that you have a bunch of members on your channel and then you get demonetized for some reason guess what's going to happen you're going to lose those members so because of that you can go from making a bunch of money if you're only reliant on on-platform monetization meaning ads and super chats and memberships and you know all that stuff if it's all on youtube then if you get demonetized if it's an error or not if you end up getting demonetized 
then what can happen is like everything you just go down to zero like like instantly however if you are on like patreon or you're using you screen if you're doing any type of course stuff or something like that then in that particular case you're basically um throwing out parachutes to where it's like hey as a as you know if everything were to just go south on the channel in that particular case i've got these backups in place to where i can still serve my community over here while i'm figuring out what went wrong with youtube right so it creates that 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 extra layer of security. And if you are somebody that is wanting to, you know, do this professionally, like if you've got a family that's depending on you or, or you're depending on yourself, you know, from the income that you're generating on YouTube, then in that particular case, having those parachutes in place can definitely be, you know, helpful for you. So um, because of that, those are kind of the, the, the pros and the cons of, of the two, in my opinion. Do you have any additional no. pros and cons of those two? No, I, I think that's the Patreon? biggest, um, okay. YouTube makes it easy. Yeah. Right. If you're already on YouTube, especially if you've already, if you're looking, if you're giving super chats to people, you're already connected to YouTube, you trust right. YouTube. I mean, you should trust Patreon. There's nothing shady right. there at nothing, all. Nothing shady but at all. But you're right. on the platform. So mm -hmm. I think there's a definite pro there. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, it's kind of like getting people from TikTok over to YouTube. Sometimes people just really like the platform that they're on. Right. So I think that's one hurdle. Uh, the second hurdle that you're going to have um, is not everybody knows what Patreon is. Yep. So you might have to educate, you know, people on that. But I mean, some people build enormous followings on Patreon, mm -hmm. huge followings. Oh, yeah. So, you know, so maybe that's not a problem at all. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But I will say this. I, do I have a friend of mine uh, that was making $50,000 a month off of Patreon when he had 50,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Yeah. So it can be done. You yeah. can build... You, you can build you can build something massive over there. Yeah. But I, I think there's also an argument about he's got almost a hundred thousand subscribers now, so I can't even imagine what he's making about putting all of your eggs in the YouTube basket. So if something happens to your channel, look something up. happens to your channel, your memberships go with it. Yep. So hacked, you know, whatever. Yeah, hack, yeah, whatever. Any um, anything that causes some type of disruption. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I it, it, it's a it's a choice that you're going to have to make as a creator. I have memberships turned on, but if I really wanted to, man, I don't know. That's a tough one, mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of oopsies. Yeah, uh, there's more oopsies on YouTube than there should be. Yeah, her hair review said that her husband just asked, "What's Patreon?" Right. Yep. But and, at the and same Hendrick time, also brings up another point. I, I can't remember what Patreon's cut is, but uh, YouTube does take thirty yeah. percent of your membership, so that is a negative, also. Yeah, yeah. Patreon's is eight is is what they're saying here. I'm not one hundred percent sure on Patreon's, but yeah, like those types of things are also big elephants in the room. I that, mean, you could do both. Yeah, you could do both. You could, you know, treat both like a business, or you know, build communities on both and let people decide where they want to support you. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. Yep. It's more work on your end but less risk yeah you know you're you're minimizing your risk there so really quick um in the uh in the chat and i'm, I'm looking for it here really Patreon fast is eight percent hendrick said okay so eight percent versus thirty percent so um right now just as a heads up um let's see here so jimmy ray's art says will tubebuddy offer any discounts or specials for new users soon i would like to try it out but the monthly cost is high for a small channel. So here's the thing, they actually have a promotion going right now. Um, if you go to my Twitter account here, I'm actually going to see if I can share this. No, I cannot. Okay, so if you go to tubebuddy.com, you can add slash Nimmin if you wanna give me credit for it. But right now they're having a 50% off on all annual licenses. 
So um, it says right here, they're offering 50% off of any annual plan. So you can get the most growth for your buck. Get this deal now through 229. So, uh, so you got five days technically to, uh, to do this, but, um, but basically 50% off of any annual plan. So they're, they're having a deal right now. So yeah, if that's something that you're interested in, um, go to tubebuddy.com or tubebuddy.com slash Nimmin, either one, like, you know, I would appreciate the, the hookup on the affiliate side, but it's not, you know, like I, you know, I'd prefer you that you just use the tool. So, um, uh, because of that, you know, just whatever vehicle gets you there use it and uh uh and you can get you know half off for your for an annual membership over there so uh next up on our list here we got water prairie chronicles um they upload one time per week or more the type of channel is a podcast for special need parents um the goal of the channel says i want to encourage and support parents uh who have children with disabilities and all and help advocate for a more inclusive world for those living with disabilities the question i began a channel to post a video version of the podcast to go along with the website and audio platforms and to make the information more accessible for everyone i recently read that i can now upload the rss feed to youtube and wanted to know if i should add the rss feed as an audio version of the podcast to my YouTube channel and still post the video version to separate playlist. Growth is very slow and I'm trying to figure out a better growth plan as I uh, begin season three this week. Um, I would actually, if you're gonna do just video content of it, I would just upload the video content. Um, and when you upload the video content on YouTube, you can still make a playlist for that. And within that playlist, you can um, you can actually set up your podcast and everything um, in that playlist also. And um, anytime you upload one of those videos that's a podcast, you can upload anything you want to your channel, including those podcasts. But when it comes to anything that you want that's targeted towards that same audience, I gotta be clear there. But with that podcast, all you do, just like I do with this show that you're watching right now, is um, is you just check in the playlist box that it's part of that playlist or that podcast, and then um, and then they'll go ahead and put it on Apple Music for you as well. So if you're uploading it to YouTube, you can just pull the audio in if you want to. Um, but since it is a video platform, um, I would recommend that if you can make videos for it to you know to go ahead and make videos for it so you can get them up there. Um, but I know on the flip side of that, I mean, and I'm saying this because you're making videos already. Ready. But I know one of the advantages of a podcast is that you don't have to get ready for it. You don't have to turn on lights. You don't have to do anything. You just sit at your kitchen table. It doesn't have to look pretty, anything like that. You can just, you know, do the audio side. And I, you know, you know, for that, you know, if you're just on audio, that's fine. But um, if you are going to be making videos, then I would just do the video version of the podcast. Uh, playing the mom game says thanks for Mike recommendation. I also like my YouTube devices to double as safety devices for telling off a building. <laughs> right. uh, so, that's a, so that's so that's a big just win too. Yeah. One more thing about the boya, you can go to Google or you can go to YouTube and you can type in like how to spot a boya microphone fake, yep. and you're gonna there's <laughs> there's tons of blogs and videos. I, I I looked just a few minutes ago. Next up, Her Heel Review. Her Heel Review, um, the goal of the channel is to become a paid part-time film critic through monetization and build com a community of film lovers. The question is, um, do vertical lives get better engagement than horizontal and does that count towards watch time? I saw you did one the other day while making thumbnails. Did you unlist it? Cause I wanted to get inspiration from you. Thank you so much. So that particular one was actually over on my extras channel and I'm going to be doing those on a somewhat regular basis over there. Um, and those are just going to simply be just, you know, popping in, answering questions, you know, maybe, you know, showing how to do some stuff more, more of like a casual type of thing. Cause I think that's a little bit more, you know, appropriate. Um, but when it comes to, the, those, yeah, they they definitely like on this channel they got more engagement, and um, on that channel they got more engagement in terms of like likes and views and that kind of stuff. 
However, the views themselves weren't that great in terms of the amount of time people spent watching and all that. Now, keep in mind, it's all going to be dependent on what it is that you're doing. So with me, there's a lot of qualifiers. You got to be, you know, into, you know, being a content creator and all that stuff um, in order for my content to even matter to you. So if it just pops up to a random person that isn't a content creator, then in that case, you know, it's immediately off. And because of that, that might be why people there watch for a short amount of time. It could also be that they're in the short shelf and they're just watching short content. So they're watching a little bit of it and they're like, okay, done with that. And then they move on. I'm not sure, but people watched considerably less. Um, like my average view duration on, on the landscape versions, um, it's 20 to 30 minutes, depending on the stream. And when it came to the, uh, vertical version, um, the immediate report was a minute, but the after the fact uh, report came in as around two minutes. So uh, because of that, it's definitely something you can use to get in front of people, but just make sure that you are paying attention to what it is that you're doing and how people are responding to it based on your specific content. Because you are talking about movies and films and things like that. So just by default, you're gonna have a larger group of people because a lot of people are interested in film and TV shows. So basically you're talking about pop culture. So because of that, you, know, you will have that advantage to be of interest to people that are interested in those topics, which is great. Um, uh, so definitely, you know, experiment with it and see, you know, if it works well for you. Um, but in terms of like the watch time, as long as you leave it uh, uh, public and you don't unlist it or you don't make it private, um, then you also get credited for the watch time for those two. Um, Ty's Hot Mess History, thank you again for the uh, super chat says, um, I wanna thank you for promoting VidSummit. I'd never heard of it until I found your channel. Um, I'm still applying what I learned at VidSummit. I just hit 160,000 subscribers last wow, night and I really feel like man. I'm getting started. High five and fist bump to you. That's amazing. Absolutely love it. So first, um, for those of you that are here that don't know what VidSummit is, VidSummit is like the conference for content creators. So like if you're a content creator and you can only go to one conference, um, VidSummit is that conference that you should go to. Two, um, um, it was awesome meeting you and hanging out um, at Vid Summit. Looking forward to doing that again, you know, this coming year. Um, hopefully, you know, you're going to go again. Um, and three, I love that you didn't just go and just consume the information and then got on with your life. I love that you're like, okay, I went, you know, I learned a bunch of stuff and now I'm applying it, you know, to the channel and I'm crossing these, you know, additional milestones. So I um, absolutely love every aspects of that. And, um, and it's my pleasure. Like, I'm glad that you got value out of that. And, you know, one of the things too, um, and I actually mentioned this in my presentation, um, cause you went to that. Um, but you know, one of the things that I pride myself on is I only, you know, recommend things that I truly believe are helpful for people. And when it comes to, you know, vid summit, that's one of the ones that I always, you know, recommend because, you know, it's, it's been extremely helpful for me and I know tons of people that have went to vid summit and it's made like major changes for them too. So, um, so because of that, it's something that I'll, I'll, I'll always recommend. Love you know, one of the craziest things about vid summit in addition to all of that, mm -hmm. and it's an obvious thing because you look at YouTube as a creator and you look on Line. And these people are probably doing this full time, maybe making a living at it. But there's something incredible about being surrounded by people in person who are doing it for a living. Yeah. Like this is their job. Right. They eat, breathe, sleep, mm -hmm. talk. I mean, like everything is just YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Mm -hmm. There's just something amazing being around those people just in real life. Right. 
it, it, it adds a level of realism. Yeah, it adds a level of it realism. It takes it from being like a pipe dream yeah. to like, wow, this is really happening to normal people. Yeah. Like all you gotta do is follow these paths and you know learn how to make good yeah. content and yeah. Yeah, and it's not all, it, that's the amazing thing. That's the point I was getting at. It, it's not all, you know, just young kids that are making a living. Like mm -hmm. you'll meet people on there, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old sometimes right. that are just like, they're killing it. Right, just crushing. Full, yeah, just full-time yep. creators. It's a like, niche you've never even heard of. Yeah, stuff yeah. you've never heard of. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Alternatively, yep. you'll meet people. I remember my very first, and I, I wish I remembered this guy's channel. My very first vid summit, I met a guy who he had to get 2,000 subscribers, mm -hmm. making 20 grand a month. Nice. He built this entire, he was doing something with books. Oh. I forget what it was. Something. He built this system and just funneling people through. He's like, he built his entire business around his YouTube channel. Nice. 2,000 subscribers. So it just gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, wow, you, wow, I've got to have a million subscribers before I can go full time. No, like this guy was doing it with 2,000 subscribers. Right. There's a lot of those there. There's a, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a lot of those it, there. It yeah. adds a level of realness and it opens your, but you have to network, you have to talk to people. You right. know, if you're a wallflower, you, you might not get this, but if you actually, get out there and you talk to all sorts of different people, you're gonna meet a lot of interesting people. Some of them are new, some of them are struggling, some of them are just absolutely killing it and making a ton of money. Yep. Um, some of them are changing the world. Yep. Um, but yeah, it just adds that level of realism, man. You, you just don't get that through, through the, the internet. Through the internet. Yeah. And I know the internet that is sound, your portal. It yeah. sounds weird to say that, yeah. but when you're there and you're having dinner with those people, just mm -hmm. it's like, wow, I could really do this. Yeah. I can this this really happens to normal people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I know it sounds a little corny, but that's what it is. Yep. It is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. So next up on our list here, uh yeah, so vidsummit.com. If you want information on that, just that just as just so everybody knows, it's happening um in September um in Dallas, Texas. So if you go to vidsummit.com, you'll you'll see all the information that you need around yeah. that. It's inspiring. If you take it nothing is. else away from it, I, I think it's very inspiring. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. It is. All kinds it's of fun. fun. And you learn a ton. If, if you go there and you pay attention, you take notes, all that stuff, you, you'll learn a ton. Yeah, I'm a bit of a wallflower myself. But I but at that event, I feel comfortable around the other people mm -hmm. because we're all kind of doing the same thing. We yep. all kind of understand where we're at. Yep. So it allows me to kind of, you know, be a little bit more social than I normally am. Yep. And even with that too, like um, uh, everybody's really welcoming. Like yeah. um, for example, um, I walked into a conversation and this uh, this lady asked me. She said, like, you know, hey, how do you how do you like network? Because she had never been to something like that before. And she asked me, like, you know, how do you network or whatever? And uh, and I was like, just walk up and start talking to people. And I was like, here, come on, just come hang out with me for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and she hung out with me, and we just like walked around and talked to people for like you know 30, 45 minutes or whatever. And that just you know got her warm, you know, to where you know she was just having conversations. And then you know like it, it everybody else just picked it up from there. Yeah, like it's great. Ninety nine yeah. percent of the people you go up and talk to are going to be totally cool. Right. Right. <laughs> But that 1%. There is that 1%. And I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus here live, but there is that 1% that exists. They're out there. 99%. Yeah, they're awesome. 99.9%. Yeah. .9%, yeah. The 99.9. <laughs> so Suspicious Sincha says uh, they upload one time per week or more. Um, they do anime-related content. The goal of the channel is to eventually work uh, with my dream YouTubers. The question is, I'm finding minor success in short form content, but I'm scared that I'm fostering a short attention span community. Should I continue short form to build a community first or long form content until the YouTube algorithm finds the right audience for me to build on? So here's the thing. 
Um, and this is really important to understand, like as a new content creator for everybody here that's new. So this, this framing right here, um, in terms of, but I'm scared of fostering a short attention span community. So I want to talk about that first. So yes, absolutely. If you're in shorts, you are going into shorts because probably you don't have a lot of time to spend, or maybe you're multitasking. You're like watching TV while you're doing that, or, you know, something else is going on. You're just kind of killing some time. So because of that, you know, the idea with shorts is that you are posting content there that is still appropriate for the people that you're trying to reach, but basically you're using shorts to meet them where they are, right? That's the whole idea. So if somebody's in your content, like I can't even count how many content creators I found in YouTube shorts. I'm like, wow, this is, this is super helpful. So I click on the channel name and then I click on their, uh, you know, main channel and then I go there and then I'm like, oh, they're doing long form content too. And then I end up subscribing and up watching a lot of their videos. Like um, the people that are the most interested in your content, they're going to do that for the other, you know, bunch of people that, you know, that interact with that content for just a little bit of time or something that didn't really get that same value out of it. They're just going to pass right by, right? It's not going to be a big deal for them. But for the people that get a lot of value out of what it is that you're doing, they're either going to subscribe right there on the spot, or they're going to follow through or uh, uh, go into your channel and they're going to see what else you're doing. And then if they see value there, then they're going to, you know, subscribe there. Um, or they'll just start watching more of your content or whatever. So there's that. So shorts, absolutely, you know, it's a different viewing experience in shorts. So when you're when you're in shorts, it's not the, like the like I have a pretty good attention span. I can focus on stuff, even though like I'm I'm I can be scatterbrained. Um, when I sit down and I intentionally try to focus, I've you know over many years I've like trained my brain to be able to just sit there and just focus on the thing, right? So uh, when it comes to shorts, though, I absolutely go into shorts, even though I can focus on long form content and you know go through you know a long video. Um, but when it comes to shorts, there are you know people on there that are just skipping through, and that's fine. But don't assume that just because somebody's in shorts that they have a short attention span. That just happens to be what they're consuming for that moment in time. Some people, it's all, all they consume. Other people, they just go into there for that moment. Um, and then when it comes to continuing short form content to build a community first or long form content until the YouTube algorithm finds the right audience for me to build on. So here's all you need to do for the algorithm to find the right audience for you to build on. All you have to do is make videos first, define the people that you actually are trying to reach. If you don't know who you're trying to reach, then it's going to be really difficult for YouTube systems to put you in front of the right people, right? Because then your content's going to be all over the place. You're not really going to be making anything for a very specific audience. So because of that, you have to get really clear on who it is that you're trying to reach with your content. That's like the very first thing that everybody should do. Who am I actually serving with this content? Who do I want watching my videos? What type of community do I want to build? What type, what do I want those people to be like? Um, and then from there, then you start making the content for those people based around the things that they're interested in. So in that particular case, you know, on yours, you're doing anime related content. So if you start making anime content, you make it very clear in the title that it's anime content through your thumbnail. It's clear that it's anime content. And in your video description, it's clear that it's anime content. YouTube uses all of that. Plus it uses the context that it gets from the actual video from actually watching the video. Their system does that. And it gets context to what it is that your video is about. So you help it along by adding, you know, the, the fact that it's anime um, to the title and, and to the video description, all written in like natural language, right? Um, and when you do that, then you're giving their system the context that it needs to show it to those right people that you're seeking. Now, one of the things that you might find, because you're saying here, until the uh, YouTube algorithm finds the right audience for me to build on. So if you're intentional about that audience that you're trying to build, then you just make the right content to get in front of them. And then from there, 
you're going to start getting feedback on that content because people are going to get presented that content on different pages of YouTube. And then from there, those people are going to decide, okay, is this interesting to me or not? And then at that point, you're going to get the click or you're not. And from there, that's where you start because you're like YouTube showing my content to people. Now, how good am I getting them to click on that content? And you use your YouTube analytics to uncover that. And then from there, once they click on the content, how are they responding to it there? So the reason that those two things are important is because if you're putting out content, but you can't get people to click on it, YouTube not finding the right audience might not be the problem. The problem might be that you're not communicating through the outside packaging to somebody that has no idea what the video content's about. You might not be communicating that clearly, right? Through the outside, through the imagery that you're using, through you know how you're doing your title and all that. Um, so because of that, you have to make sure that you that you you know practice that and that you're paying attention in your analytics to how people are responding to those choices that you're making around the packaging of your content. Um, and then from there, once they do click in and they start you know watching the video, that's where you use your audience retention reports to, as a gauge on like okay people are coming into my video, where are they leaving? Um, how far am I able to get people to watch right now? Why do I think for the people that left um, that took you know this line from up here to being down here for those people, why do I think they left this part of the video? Um, was I you know dragging this on too long? Was I, uh, was I talking too much? Was I not talking enough? Was I showing too much, not showing enough? Was, thing, was I cutting everything too fast to make it kind of like a you know annoying experience or were things slow, a little bit slower and it was you know too slow to where it made the video kind of boring you know all of those types of things are things that you have to consider but youtube as long as you package it up properly youtube will quickly know who the right people are to show it to and then from there it's our jobs as content creators to be able to get those people to respond once youtube does show it to them lisa dawson how you doing so to answer your question <laughs> um i believe that you should do both and the reason I think that you should do both is because these are both skills that you're going to need as a content creator. You're going to need to know how to pe grab people's attention with short form content. You're also going to need to know how to grab people's attention with long form content. So because of that, I would do both. And also with the short form content, it's easier because it just pops up in front of people versus you having to get people to click on it. So it can also keep you encouraged. I have a friend of mine right now. He has a drumming channel that he's building and he's mixing, he's doing the same thing. He's mixing long form content with shorts. And one of the things is like, you know, you publish a, a you know, a long form piece of content, you know, maybe you get 300 views on it. Some of them have gotten, you know, I think he has one with like 21,000 views on it or something like that. But some of them do okay, some of them don't because he's still learning that part. Um, but with his shorts, you know, they will get a consistent amount of views and all that. So it just kind of keeps him with the mind state of like, okay, yeah, people are responding to my content. I just got to get better at making the long form stuff, right? Because I'm, I'm getting people to respond to the short form. Now I got to learn how to get, you know, a similar response with the long form. So by doing both, you're going to train yourself up and get yourself prepared for doing really well in the long form side and also doing well in the short form uh, content for whatever platform because once you learn how to make content you can make that content anywhere yeah hey neil how you doing nice to What's see up, you neil? hey you got a super chat from farley storytelling story. junkie Storytelling Junkly says, um, thanks for taking the time to address my unanswered question, Nick. Uh, my apologies for being so upset. Um, please keep up the great work. I'll continue to watch you. Thank you uh, whenever, Farley. 
Thank you for the super chat. And I'm not 100 percent sure. That was the one where he uh, he left a super chat when the stream was closing. And you had to answer oh, it the next time. Oh, okay. And okay. he didn't see it. And got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. You know, like you know, if something comes in, like as everything's closing down, sometimes we don't even see it because we'll like already start closing down chat and you know things like that. Sometimes we don't even see it. Um, and then other times, like it'll be there, but like we're already closing it down because I have time limits. Like I have to stop within a certain amount of time because I use Opus clip to repurpose my content and right now there's a three hour limitation on it. it's going to be lifted soon but right now there's a three hour limitation on it so i have to make sure that i get in under that cut or else it just won't even accept my uh it won't even accept my stream yeah sometimes like literally we'll hit in stream and then we hit end and then like a super chat or some right. something will come through right. and there's nothing we can do right yeah except for get it next time yep <laughs> anyway glad glad that got worked out yeah Next. So uh, next up on our uh, list, we got Floppy Deep Dive. Sounds like a fun channel. They do floppy retro computers. Dive. Sounds even more fun. Floppy disks. Doing retro computers. Yep. Love it. Um, the goal is to build a community and share my love for retro computers and games. And the question is, this year I started to create shorts a lot more for my channel. Um, they all relate to my niche, and I'm trying to expand my audience by doing this strategy. I currently sit at almost 5,000 subscribers, but I feel YouTube has locked my target audience after three locked in my target audience after three years. So for me to get others' eyes on my videos, I use shorts. Is this a good strategy? Absolutely. When you use shorts, it does get your content in front of you know more new people, which is great. But on the other side of that, if you can get people to respond better to the content that you are currently publishing on the channel, and you do that by all the stuff that I just talked about, about learning how people are responding to what it is that you're doing, and then modifying what it is that you're doing to create that better experience for the people that are interacting with the content. Um, if you can do that, then your videos will break through bigger uh, thresholds. And the reason that that happens is, and, and if you've been watching my content or hanging out in these streams, like you've heard me say this a bunch, but how the whole thing works is when you first publish a video, YouTube shows it to the people on the platform at that moment in time that are the most likely to not just engage with the content, but also to enjoy it and have a good experience with that based on the things that they care about. Um, and then from there, based on how they respond to it, it goes out to you know a bigger group of people. And then that keeps happening over and over again. Think of it kind of like you know ripples, right? In a, in, a, in a pond or something. So basically as it goes out to more and more people, once you get to a ripple where people aren't responding responding at a competitive rate, then in that particular case, your content gets kind of stuck there because the other content that people are responding to there, that ends up taking their priority there. So basically you end up kind of losing out competitively to the content that, you know, the people are responding to at a higher rate. So if you're wanting to break into more new people, um, it's going to come down to like, you can absolutely get more new people involved with using shorts. Absolutely. Um, but if you want to like supercharge all of that, then do the shorts, but also, um, in your long form content, like really spend some time. Like um, if you can do it once a month, that's great to where you just go in, you open up the videos in your channel that you publish for the month and you look in them, into them, look at the click through rate, look at, you know, on the different pages of YouTube and advanced analytics into your traffic sources report. Look at your retention on the different pages of YouTube. Look at your audience retention reports specifically um, on the individual video, the absolute retention reports. Also look at the compared to other videos report. These are just gonna tell you how competitive you are against other videos of similar length. It's gonna tell you how people are responding to your videos over time. And and using all of that information, it will it will over time help you make better content. Um, and then once your content starts you know, breaking through those thresholds or those limits, then in that particular case, what's gonna happen is you'll start getting in front of more new viewers because you know more people are responding better to the content so um so i would 
go after both um, is what I'm saying. But as you're going after both, just look for places that you can improve with every video on the long form side and just make sure that you are looking in your analytics and paying attention to how people are responding um, so that you can make sure that you are modifying things slightly um, as you need to um, to get that better response. Because YouTube's all about trying to show content to the right people at the right time that they're going to enjoy. So, you know, when you are publishing videos and you are, you know, um, getting your content out to, you know, larger and larger groups of people, the, the, the more people that are enjoying that content at a competitive rate, the farther it's going to go. Competitive for each group. So next up, we've got Motivational Deshaun is the, uh, is the name of the channel. They do information-based content. The goal of the channel is to spread positivity and help those who need helping. Love it. Um, says, hey guys, uh, do you have any suggestions on how to keep my channel growing at an unexpected rate? I started my channel back in October. One of my videos has 90,000 views. Also, I have monetized in those few months. So that 90,000 view, view video has clues all over it. Um, you might be able to follow it up. You might not. Um, What's but, the channel but called? What, what you want to look at is you want to look at the topic. Channel? Um, yeah, we are on number 23. No, the, channel the channel is called Motivational Deshaun, D-A-S-E-A-N. But basically what you want to do is you want to look at that 90K video and you'll, you want to think of things like, okay, what the topic of this video is this at a higher interest when i published this video was this you know this idea you know the ideas around this video was it you know something that was you know trending or you know just higher interest in general what, what type of content is it d i can't find it oh you can't find it nope yeah in the form uh on number 23 there's a there's a link in there mm -hmm. that's that's why i mentioned uh that here i'll actually pull it up real quick mm -mm -mm -mm. No, I can't find it. So your interesting facts about Bob Marley, Bob Marley and his son's best quotes. Okay, so this is all Bob Marley stuff. That's cool. Oh, cool. Okay, so you've only got a handful of videos on your channel. You got one, two, three. Okay, so here's something I just want to put a big spotlight on for everybody. He's got nine videos on the YouTube channel. He's um, got shorts also, but nine videos on the YouTube channel. Out of those nine videos, one of those videos has 94,000 views. And uh, another one has 3.7 thousand views out of those nine videos. So for everybody that's like YouTube, blah, 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 like uh, 94,000 views on, uh, on, on that video. And that was his one, two, three, four, his fifth video on the channel. Wow. But what, what you're doing right here is you are uh, making videos about somebody who's already popular. So because of that, you already have a leg up because now it's not about you and about the audience that you're trying to build, you know, around you. It's about tapping into people that are interested in Bob Marley and people that are going on, you know, in, in his particular, uh, in his particular life. If that is what you're going to be doing, I recommend that you do get your channel together around that because right now it looks like everything was scattered for the first like couple of videos and then you locked into the Bob Marley thing. Um, so if that's what you're going to lean into, then I would. And you're doing the right thing. As long as you want to continue like growing an entire channel around Bob Marley, then chasing that with additional Bob Marley videos, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing there. But um, when it comes to this particular thing, um, just go into your content because here you have Bob Marley's children from oldest to youngest. It's just a list video. Um, and then the other ones here, you got, uh, you know, their best quotes and, you know, things like that. So here you're just on a bunch of different information around Bob Marley. So um, I would follow it up with like more list videos about, 
interesting things about Bob Marley. See if that gets any attention. Because here you have best quotes, which is different. Because here it's like, you know, Bob Marley and his sons, their best quotes. That's not about them. That's about things that they've said, right? So it's a roundabout way. Um, but when it comes to the Bob Marley's children, the oldest to youngest, then it's like, oh, he has kids. Oh, I didn't even know he had kids. How many yeah. kids does he have? Yeah. Right? So it's just a more, you know, interesting thing. I so if you do have, yeah, I don't know either. He has, but I assume he would have a lot. Yeah, it looks like, at least in the thumbnail, it looks like uh, there's five in the thumbnail but like, i'm not okay. sure I'm not surprised but anyway you know just kind of you know digging into what's already worked and then trying to follow suit and and from what i'm seeing here um it seems like this one right here is just like a list video that's just some interesting stuff about bob marley not about stuff that he says but about you know bob marley himself so you might want to try some more of that type of thing but keep in mind though like if you keep walking down that path it's going to just lock you in you know there so um i would just be i would be careful yeah. about you know just consistently making that unless you want to be a bob marley channel yeah and also just other things too like here you have um you know this thing about you know wanting to spread peace and love and and all this stuff um in your you know uh, about me page all of that is fantastic but if you are going to be doing stuff about bob marley i would make that clear so it's like you know have the whole thing about you know you wanting to share peace and love but for the people that are landing on the channel if, if you are going to continue making bob marley content and that's going to be the path that you're going to walk then in that case i would just do everything like you know yeah we feature the best stuff about bob marley and blah blah it's a bob marley fan channel so on and so forth and build the whole thing around that so the people that are into bob marley they can see you as a resource for anything that they want to know about bob marley any additional thoughts there d yeah or just build it out with a wider net and think about well if somebody's into bob marley who what else, else could they watch who yeah. else and what else would they be interested in and yep. cover those things as well yep you know try think like the viewer yep. as a bob marley fan based on the sort of things you're talking about on your channel, what else would those people be interested in and go, yep. go down that? Because you it. can paint yourself into a corner, yep. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But if you're a Bob Marley fan channel, how much content for how long? Like, he's not a lot. He's not with us anymore. Right. How much content can you possibly come up with right. over a period of time for Bob Marley? Yeah, that's why I highlighted that yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So you would run out of things to talk about after a while. Yeah. So, uh, Demon Joe, no, thanks for the super chat, man. Super appreciate it. No content, no cry. Right? No content, no cry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Demon <laughs> Drow, uh says, my channel got botted. My main uh, demo was 50% India. My views went down a lot. I noticed the views started going up again and now is 80% US. How do you protect yourself from a rival channel trying to sabotage you? You can't. So, um, you know, if somebody tries to like view bot you or something like that, then, you know, you just have to absorb it. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing really that you can do about that, unfortunately. So, I, you know, what happens from the outside? Yeah, nothing you can do, but, but the fortunate thing is if it's like bot traffic and stuff like that, YouTube does detect that and they will remove those views. They will remove that watch time. Those channels end up getting deleted eventually, that kind of stuff. So just stay, keep doing your thing and like don't i wouldn't even make a stink about it like just pretend you're not even noticing and uh and just keep you know delivering your content and the value that you do and just keep walking down that road because what you're what that person wants if you're getting botted what's that person wants is they want you to make a video about it they want it to stress you out they want it to cause issues for you that's their goal so don't let them know that those things are happening and just continue on you know providing value to your viewers and then everything should straighten itself out over time because they're not going to be able to do it forever yeah let me add to that that you may not have been botted 
uh, in, like India is massive. Yeah, it is. Like, it, it, yeah, it, if they share like one video yeah. in like one place, they can just flood you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like somebody just may have shared one video yeah. or you know or a couple of videos, and then you know here they come. Like yep. if if you if you get on the radar in India with your content or your website, like they're they're coming. Right. They're coming by the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Yep. And um, uh, one thing also is, um, is you did mention that, you know, your views are going up again and now it's 80%, you know, U.S. audience. So one of the, one of the cool things about that is, um, you know, if you get your views to the same point that you had, you know, before, um, you're going to make a lot more money yeah. because uh, when it comes to uh, India um, and, you know, where I'm at too, you know, um, in Thailand, like the, uh, the ad rates here are abysmal. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, what you're going to make in the U S, uh, is going to by you know, having a, a dominant U S audience, um, you're going to make way more, uh, in comparison. So I'm here, I'm we're reading in the chat. So I'm reading anywhere, uh, between nine and 12 children for Bob Marley. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just taking that, that from was, the thumbnail. Hold yeah, on. What so. did I say? I said, Bob Marley, like, I, I thought he would have a lot. Yeah. Bob, when I think Bob Marley, I think someone who wants to make sure that he's doing his part to continue our species. Okay. And, it, it, and Bob didn't let me down, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Bob, Bob did his part. Bob did his part. He says it was a bot because he posts one second. Um, there was this insane channel. Oh, there's the same channel making a comment in three seconds on both of my channels. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it could have been a bot then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it could have been, been bots. Yeah. Other things too, like um, uh, uh, like you can go in and uh, and you can actually look on your channel, um, go into your traffic sources and see where all your views came from. If they were coming, um, if they're bot attacking you, then in that case they'll be direct views or they'll be views um, um, coming from the channel page um, because uh, you know the, like they, they wouldn't be able to pick it up in recommendations fast enough or search if you put content there, um, but. Uh, if, if you find in your traffic source report that you have a huge surge just coming from your channel page, then that's abnormal, right? Um, so I would, I would go in there and just kind of, you know, just confirm, you know, all of that to, to confirm what was happening at scale, right? Um, not just with the, the initial commenter. Hey, Mark, how you doing, man? Hope you're doing well. <laughs> T's Hot Mess says, um, talking about Bob Marley, mm. he took the be fruitful and multiply scripture to heart. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he did. Yeah. I would expect nothing less from right? him. Right. I just got that vibe. Yeah. I was thinking, man, if he's got less than eight kids, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. Yeah. Right. There yeah. He go. says also, he says, what about the comment about money? And then 20 replies talking about one person making all the commenters money. Yeah. That kind of stuff too. Like that, that, that just happens all over YouTube. So those aren't really like attacks per se. Those are more like spam, you know, things where people are, you know, like the one bot will come in, they'll say the thing and they're just scouring YouTube for, you know, videos and they're posting it all over the place. Those typically don't last very long um, just because they literally are spamming and their system will detect that. Okay. So we have an interesting comment here. Amazing. Yacht destination says, um, What's up with the camera? D's mic is blurry and Nick's left arm sleeve is the same as well. I checked on my phone and TV. Let me blow this up. Where are we at? My mic is blurry. I don't care if the mic. Maybe it's the front shot. I, yeah, it's probably the mic. Yeah. Um, as long as we are in focus. Yeah. It should be focused on us. us. Yeah. Um, so there's something else here that's not tax Yeah, sharp. so if the mic is blurry or our shirt's blurry, it could just be because the lens has, uh, uh, you know, like it's a low aperture or whatever. Yeah. So uh, Learn Spanish World, um, they do educational content. Um, the 
goal of the channel is to provide value on my YouTube community by uploading a wide range of Spanish lessons. And the goal of the channel, or sorry, the question is, I've been trying to work on my shorts um, for a while now, uh, but it's really, but it's not really working for me. My channel shorts absolutely suck. Should I just stick to long form videos? It seems my audience is not interested in shorts. Yeah, if you find that they're not interested in shorts and they're not responding to them, then in that particular case, yeah, you, like there's no, there's not a requirement that says that we have to do shorts. Like, um, you know, if you look at my channel, I haven't uploaded a short in like seven months. So I got a series coming out for new YouTubers so that's gonna go into shorts. Um, uh, and that's gonna be just an experiment. But uh, in terms of even if I'm gonna continue shorts from there, I don't know. It's just gonna depend on if I can come up with additional themes like that, because I don't wanna just make shorts just for like, hey, here's one short about this thing. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I, instead, I want to make it to where people can just sit back and watch a bunch of shorts like back to back. So I did a slight adjustment while you were talking there. Um, did that help the focus at all? I just had a slight adjustment on what, the- did you, did you tap a, a focal yeah, point? Yeah, we were having some problems when we turned this camera on today. We turned it on and it was like, oh, hey- that's right. I remember you saying like, oh, there's that camera again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, asking yeah. us what language do you want? So I think there were some things that reset. I just kind of reset the focus. Let me know if there's still focus issue. <laughs> yeah, he says maybe maybe we're AI and we got that uh, cheap 2023 AI stuff. That yeah, old maybe. school AI. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's He's going to just start eating spaghetti out of nowhere. That day is coming. Yeah. 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 That day is coming. 86. Uh, they have been on YouTube for a year or more. It's a help channel. The goal of the channel is to teach line cooks and chefs soft skills like interpersonal communication. Ooh, love that. Hey, doodles. Question is, I've been seeing a lot of videos saying retention editing, Mr. B style editing is on the way out and people are looking for something less edited and more real. Is this accurate? And what are some other editing techniques that are now outdated? Here's the thing. YouTube has over 2 billion viewers that are logged in on the platform. And because of that, different audiences, different people respond to different things. So when people are like, oh yeah, just everybody is not into that anymore, take all that stuff with a grain of salt because there isn't like an everybody scenario on YouTube because you know there's international audiences, there's you know different age groups, there's different interests, things like that. And people respond to different types of content. You know, just in, if we take it off of the internet, just like some people don't watch romance novels and then some people will, or romance movies, and then other people will watch every romance movie that comes out because they love it just like some people will watch every sci-fi movie that comes out because they love it, but then there's other people that, that just hate sci-fi. Same exact thing applies to editing styles. So the important thing to do is to experiment with different editing styles until you figure out what works best for your audience um, and what it is that they respond to. So you know, when it comes to YouTube, there isn't the blanket thing. Now, one thing that you are going to see is people are gonna reference things um, to where it's like, yeah, you know, you know, authenticity is you know the new future of YouTube. Well, newsflash, authenticity has always been the thing on YouTube. Um, people just edit, you know, around that authenticity, right? So, you know, that's why it's YouTube. That's why, you know, people connect with channels. Like, for example, there's a ton of YouTube help channels. And I know a lot of you watch a lot of those YouTube help channels, but you don't watch all of them. And you're choosing to watch mine, you're choosing to watch, you know, some of the other ones that you watch, but you don't watch every one. And the reason for that is because, you know, we, you know, align, you know, in some way. Um, and when it comes to the different editing styles, you know, you are going to respond to something different than, you know, than some of the, the things that the other channels are doing. Some of the other channels are targeting younger groups of people because, you know, 
that's there's a bigger pool of people there um, interested in YouTube. So they're you know editing you know for that particular audience, and that's fine. Um, with me, I don't edit as crazy um, as they do. I don't you know I don't pace everything as fast as they do. Sometimes I do, but um, but you know that could be one of the things that you know helps you you know consume my content easier. I don't know, but um, but when it comes to you know your content, I recommend that you experiment with different editing styles. Um, do some that are really lightly edited. Um, do some that are heavily edited and just see, right? Does it make a difference for the people that I'm trying to reach? And in some cases it will, in other cases it's not gonna matter at all. In some cases the fast editing is gonna make a huge difference, in other cases slow editing is gonna make a big difference. So it really comes down to just experimentation and figuring out what your audience for your content, what it is that they respond to best. And yeah. never, never, never accept like blanket statements like that because, you know, like every channel on YouTube, the audiences respond differently to the, to the content. So because of that, you know, don't take those blanket statements um, with anything else than a grain of salt. Yeah. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, the rage was everybody talking about how to quit YouTube and people were making videos about how to quit YouTube. Right. Um, a lot of people now are talking about right. retention editing is dead. Right. It's just, it's now here's what happens. Well, here, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that might be true, but you know, new people are coming on YouTube. There's all sorts of different age ranges and demographics. There are tens of millions of people who are still going to respond to really fast paced editing. Mm -hmm. Mr. Beast style editing, we'll call it. Mm -hmm. He's even slowed down. He's even slowed down. Right. He's experimenting with it. He's yeah. experimenting, but you have to see what works for your audience. Right. I believe and this is what I've always done. I've always done this with my videos. I think there's, uh, I think there's, there's no right or wrong way to do it. Sometimes my video will be a little bit fast and then certain parts I have to slow down for. Mm -hmm. And then certain parts I want to speed up for and put a lot of stuff yep. in there. That makes them more interesting. Right. So right. one thing you can think of, so you can Google, a, a, it's called a pattern interrupt. So even if you have slower content, you can experiment with doing things every so often Just to kind of like kind of like reset the viewer's attention. It's called a pattern interrupt. And one of the things that you can do is like they're calling it retention editing is you can do a couple of interesting things to kind of like, oh, that was cool. Oh, that was cool. And just kind of like reset their attention and right. then you can like slow it back down again. But it all comes down to testing. It all comes down to your audience and what worked last year might not work this year. What's working right now on your channel might not work a year from now. Right. So these are things that you're always going to have to stay on top of. Go ahead. Yep. You were going to add something. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I was going to say. You're talking about Mr. Beast. He's testing, slowing down. I, okay. Yeah. So I've always believed this. I always thought that Mr. Beast, in no shade towards Mr. Beast at all, but I... I always felt that that style of editing was definitely geared towards a younger audience. It's the TikTok, you know, just like every three seconds something. For me, that's, that was always too much. That was always too much. But on the flip side of that, I come across some channels that I'm just like, come on, man, do something. I just want to poke them with a stick. Right. You know, edit, cut, do something, man. Dance, monkey. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah dance, man. Come on. <laughs> Zoom in. Do something, right. man. Yeah. Like, show me some B-roll. Right. right. So I, I think there's a happy medium somewhere. Um, but again, it, it's your audience. Yeah. You know, I am. Listen, if you're 12 years old and you're watching my content, I appreciate you. But I'm not making content for 12-year-olds. Right. 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 I want to make content for people who want to learn and who uh, who can pay attention if I don't edit quickly. Yep. I'm not interested in people going up too slow. Swipe. Right. You know, you're not my audience. Right. You know.
Yeah, and that clarity is also like really, uh, yeah. you know, really important. You, you have to know who your target audience is. Right. If you're trying to reach a younger audience, maybe that works. Right. Maybe it doesn't. But yeah, like, you know, things like that, like if you experiment with your own stuff, you know, like, you know, different things are appropriate for different audiences. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's why even other things too, like it's not just the video, um, like the speed of your edits. It's also things like, okay, it's, um, all, it's all the stuff, you know, what, just... what, what type of music am I playing in the background? Yeah. Like, you know, like you, for example, like you could be playing some type of like, you know, techno music or trap music or whatever, and it could just completely turn your audience off because that's not just, you know, what they listen to at scale. So, you know, those types of things are, you know, important. The, the cadence of your speech, um, you know, will make a difference for, you know, your videos and how people respond to them. Um, you know, all kinds of different things, um, you know, when it comes to you putting your videos together, you know, make a, make a difference. John says it looks like our, he says you're in 1080p, but it looks like you're in 480. Oh, uh, so check the settings. Um, if how you weird. are, it looks fine on my end. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I have to, I'll have to watch the replay. Maybe you're being, maybe they're serving out like a lower quality right now. Maybe there's something weird going on with YouTube. Could be. Um, you know, so John also says, Peter McKinnon, same thing, jump cuts galore. We you were actually what? talking about that. It, it, Pete, Pete, he's really tasteful with his cuts. Yeah, yeah he I knows what he's doing. There's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. And I think that's where like being a more experienced video yeah, we, editor. Yeah, we're 1080. Being yeah, a more uh, experienced video editor comes in. An inexperienced video editor trying to mimic someone, let's just use you know, Peter McKinnon or Mr. Beast, a different style of editing, but they're still pretty fast-paced. Mm -hmm. um, unless you know what you're doing, you might mess it up. Right. Like, it might come out a lot it's worse. It's not just about the cuts. It's not yeah. about how fast you're cutting. It's about how you're holding attention. Yeah. And, and those are two wildly different yeah. things. Like, uh, yeah, and telling the story that goes along with it. Like, uh you know, one of the thing, one of the ideas that I try to express because I have a lot of new content creators that watch my content is that there's a gigantic difference between cutting your content and editing your content. When you're cutting your content, then you're just, you know, cutting out some space, maybe you're adding B-roll or whatever. But when you're editing your content, you're being very intentional about the cuts that you're making. You're being very intentional about, like D was talking about, I'm gonna be a little bit fast here, I'm gonna slow it down a little bit here, yeah. maybe I'm gonna be more graphics here, maybe I'm gonna add some music here because this thing that I'm, this like, you know, point that I'm getting ready to land on, um, maybe I'm gonna build up a little of music to it and then drop on that point like those types of things you're just being a lot more intentional about all of the um, decisions that you're making during the during the editing process mm. big difference so doug said his was defaulting to 480p so mm, check the uh, settings if it looks grainy mm. yeah maybe youtube's having some issues or it looks fine over here next the anxious stepmom says uh they've been on youtube or sorry they upload one time per week or more been on youtube for less than six months they do support for stepmoms who are overwhelmed and functioning or just playing over it wow the goal of the that channel point, that is niche yeah it is or so, over functioning yep, support and just playing over for stepmoms yeah that is really niche yep and by over functioning like like high you know high level stepmoms i mm. guess like people that are like doing mm. way more mm. So the goal of the channel is to help stepmoms worry less and have way more fun in this unique role. Question, uh, hey Nick, I've been uh, using a repurposing tool to share my TikToks to my channel in between my weekly longer form videos. Those TikToks over a minute, usually talking head educational, appear with my regular videos, the shorts, or versus shorts. Do you recommend I create thumbnails for these as um, I would my longer videos? If they're showing up in your videos tab when you go to your YouTube channel, then add a thumbnail to them. If they're not, then if they're showing up in the shorts side, then um, then in that case, you know, you wouldn't be able to add a thumbnail to it. So um, a couple things I want you to think about here really quick is if you're using a repurposing tool and all it is doing is automatically downloading your TikToks and publishing them over to YouTube, 
YouTube. Make sure it doesn't have any watermarks on them or anything like that, because if you do, then that can cause some limitations. So uh, because of that, just make sure that you don't have any TikTok, you know, watermarks on there. Um, I would also make sure that when you it comes to the title, because on TikTok, you know, the content just pops up. So the title, it's important, but it's not like the be all end all. But if you are showing up in the videos tab and you're being recommended around YouTube, the title is going to matter. So because of that, you know, you would definitely want to add if it's showing up on the video side, you would definitely want to add a thumbnail. You definitely want to add a well thought out title to it instead of just repurposing it and, and forgetting about it. Yeah. And just a little uh, FYI. So I looked on Google. We were talking about that Boya microphone. I did not look on YouTube. I looked on Google and YouTube is obviously a Google property. So I yep. just opened up YouTube and lo and behold, uh, here's videos being recommended for um, external microphones to your phone and particularly Boya microphones. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So yeah, nobody's listening though. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, no, they're obviously, t they're taking it from Google. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Ghosty says, I'll buy you a thousand viewers. So you get banned by YouTube. Just saying, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, yeah, go ahead and do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. So uh, let's see here. So next up on our list, we've got uh, Uncovering DC. They do daily content, but on YouTube for less than a year. Um, the type of channel is Washington, DC focused, mainly historical. The goal of the channel is uh, increasing my views and my why is I love creating. The question is regarding short videos, um, would it be best to unlist videos that have a low view count after a couple of weeks? So um, when it comes to publishing content, yes, view counts are important because that means that people are interacting with the content, but leaving them on your channel if they have low views isn't a bad thing. And the reason it's not a bad thing is because let's say that three months from now, I subscribe to your YouTube channel and I'm like, wow, I love this stuff. Well, what's gonna happen next is I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start looking at your other content. I'm gonna see you know, if there's anything else there that I might enjoy. So I might run across a video that doesn't have a lot of views on it, but if it's still based around something that you know, I might get value from, I'm still gonna watch it. So because of that, leaving that content up there, if it's something that you know is going to add value to the people that are interacting with your content, leave it up. But if you're like, you know what? This isn't appropriate for my channel. It's about something that I, you know, cared about, you know, uh, six months ago, and I just published this. I don't even know why I published it to the channel. It's not relevant to this audience that I'm trying to reach or the general theme of my channel. Then in that particular case, that's where you might want to take it down. But um, if you just upload a video and it underperforms, then in that case, like you can leave it there, and it could, it could just, you know, start performing out of nowhere because that happens too. Um, but also. Uh, you know, for the people that really enjoy your content, like those people will go and watch uh, some of that content that didn't do that great uh, within the recommendation system. So on that note, I wanna thank everybody for hanging out here today. I wanna to remind you that we got a bunch of helpful tools and resources down in the description for you. Um, I also wanna remind you that if you are a new content creator, that um, it's important to remember that YouTube, it comes with a learning curve, just like anything else that you're gonna do. So if you're at that point right now where you're struggling and you're like, man, I'm just trying to, man, if I could just get you know just a little bit more traction on what it is that I'm doing, then I would be like, all right, um, just keep working on your skill sets because your skill sets and your understanding of just kind of how things work and your understanding of your audience most importantly, those things are going to get you further than anything else that you can do. Understanding your audience, serving them in the best way that you can, and then learning how to make your videos better by working on the skill sets and learning how to capture people's attention better by working on your skill sets too. Learning how to make better thumbnails, come up with better content ideas, write better titles, you know, and make better video content. Um, all of those things, you know, they require, you know, skills and those skills are developed over time. So if you're not getting the results that you want right now, 
focus on your understanding of your audience and focus on building the skills that you need in order to do the thing, right? Because nobody just starts something new and then all of a sudden it's just awesome at it. Um, you know, all of this stuff takes, you know, time. So because of that, um, just make sure that you are focusing on the right things, which is your skill development and your understanding of the audience that you are trying to serve. So on that note, everybody have a fantastic uh, rest of your week, D. Great stream. Have a fantastic rest of your uh, week. Thank you so much for hanging out. I hope you got value from the stream today. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out and um, have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. Have a great week.